Your headphones okay? Mm-hmm. If you want me to turn it down, I could turn it down. Maybe Let down just a little bit, yeah. Thank That's you. good? Yeah. Right, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Hello. I know this is the first time actually we're doing something that's like so, um, I don't know, improvised because we didn't actually meet, you know. I just heard your set mm-hmm. at Body Language. And then I thought, this girl is killing it, Thank you know. You. <laughs> and... I was actually quite happy because I, um, I mean, I, w- I was in the other rooms. I mean, mm-hmm. I came kind of late too, but yeah. I was in the other rooms and yeah, I don't know. It's good. You could vibe or whatever. But then like, I was kind of hoping something along my, like along like what I would play, obviously, you know, that's what you vibe to the most. And then you came on and I was like, oh, finally, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, um, and yeah, it was good. And I reached out to you and you yeah. were... Mm-hmm. Nice enough to reply to me. Yeah, <laughs> totally, know? totally. So, yeah. So, um, I guess I didn't give you any backstory, but um, No Man's Land is myself and Jamila's um, project. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are from Trinidad and Tobago, and we both live in Berlin. Islands, yes. We both live in Berlin, and uh, we kind of grew up in a very multicultural society, to put it simply, mm-hmm. and... We find that that's what Berlin is in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this podcast was kind of um, what we consider a good way to kind of get to know all the different people and cultures and ethnicities and creatives and and inputs mm-hmm. that go into making Berlin like what it is. Awesome. I mean, you know? it started similar to I think how a lot of people want to start podcasts where you just have all these conversations with people and at every conversation you're like oh I wish I had a mic right I feel like everybody has that thought at some point exactly and um so we saw a lot of parallels between Berlin and Trinidad and Tobago which is also a melting pot and also you know very very creative very much big in events and stuff like this Mm. and we thought okay let's just put down a mic because we get to know all these interesting people with interesting stories and thought it would be a nice way to kind of share these stories for people back home or anywhere else in the world and also to share the stories of the Caribbean Mm -hmm. with people in Berlin and everywhere else yes because that would be a question that I have too like I Mm want to get to know you know the both of you as well and to hear more about you know where you're from Trinidad and Tobago Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to learn everywhere Mm -hmm. I go you know so I'm really excited to be chatting with (laughs) New York kind of same you know like I live there but I'm not originally from there so Mm -hmm. uh you get to see a lot of you know especially now that travel has opened again, uh, more of the kind of melting pot that Mm -hmm. um, New York can be Mm -hmm. in some places. And where are you from originally? North Carolina. Yeah, from Charlotte, North Carolina. So from the South, and I moved to New York seven years ago, 2015. Yeah. And why did you move? Uh, For my job that I actually ended up uh, leaving uh, in December. So six and a half years. Yep, this December. uh, I quit that job. um, But that's what brought me to New York. And now I'm DJing full time, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, give it my full energy Mm -hmm. um, for at least a year, you know, like... Mm Nice. So I have a lot of questions (laughs) just based on those two two sentences. (laughs) Um, Well, one, what job was it? 
I worked in um, uh, human resources, uh, okay. specifically doing uh, a space called diversity, equity, and inclusion, so DEI. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like the folks who look at uh, policies of the company to see what's um, missing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, for trans employees, is our healthcare uh, benefit package robust enough? Mm-hmm. And does it go not only to provide, you know, what's kind of the basics, but what do people actually need and do we need to change that to expand Mm -hmm. it? Um, Things like uh, what is our compensation um, breakdown by demographics? And Mm -hmm. in some places you can't really look at certain data, but, you know, even building the system to analyze that, working with the, you know, internal folks of the company um, from legal to payroll to operations to make sure, you know, that we've thought about all the different kinds of employees that we can have. Um, but in the pandemic time, uh, 2020 especially, there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, just racial tension, if you want to mm-hmm. call it. Like, a lot of people were saying, what can I do? But also, like, wow, we are so frustrated. And, mm-hmm. you know, in New York, there were curfews. There were a lot of protests after George Floyd was killed. And um, people suddenly wanted to have very... Um, you know, challenging conversations in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. We're working from home all the time. So that became part of my job as well to help managers talk to their teams about, you know, some of the most challenging issues we face in the U.S. um, and for our international employees, how to bring them into the conversation, but make sure it's still work appropriate because, you know, at the end of the day, we also have to get our jobs done Mm -hmm. too. So uh, a whole lot of like people management, which Mm -hmm. is challenging, but it was uh, really rewarding as well. But then it was time for me to leave. So here we are. <laughs> Did you leave because you wanted to be a DJ? Um, it definitely helped me with my decision, but I just came to the point where it was it was time. You know, yeah. I really burnt out. I took some time away from my job. I came back and over the next year really just prepared myself to leave and DJing um, and all the other things I'm interested in, production and travel and all that just like kind of filled in all the mm-hmm. any question right mm-hmm. um so yeah that's how i how i got here um but i met a lot of really wonderful people through my uh my last job and um it's been cool to see how that's kind of continued into the, the music space you find people who love the same things you do and you know no matter what you're doing yeah. it makes it better yeah. you know yeah. it's all about the people like you need to have those kind of connections totally. to totally and you know mm. um the dj ashley rin she was very much a an inspiration for me um because she similarly was you know djing um while having a you know kind of corporate like full-time job until she reached a place where you know she could pivot and focus on that full-time mm-hmm. um which was just amazing to see especially you know black women um a little bit older than me just like doing it you know I'd admired her for such a long time for her writing and her DJing and to see that you know pivot for her um and listen to an AMA that she did in October 2020 having had to cancel the beginning of her Europe tour right after she went full-time and you know because COVID hit in March uh canceled like everything and her response to you know how do you feel how are you doing it was just so positive and optimistic you know and I was like okay no matter what curveballs come your way you'll be able to figure it out if it's your passion and you you have that kind of foundation built so that was like very eye-opening you know for me I was like wow yeah just go for it like there's no time to waste you you, your clubs could be closed 
indefinitely. Dancing and your community could be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, You may not have the option. You could die tomorrow, so Mm -hmm. why wait? You know, I'm in my 30s, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's just no time to waste, and I'd rather build the life I want and give it a try. Um, I feel the same way. Yeah, Yeah. as scary as it can be, but at least now I will have lived the way that I really, you know, want to do the things I really want. And that's the most important. And when I come back, if I come back to any other work like that, uh, I want to build my my work around my life. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. like not the other, not way, the other around. way around. Exactly, no. how was, like yeah. the generation before would have done it. Yeah, and right. It's true, and I heard this. Um, that there was a speech that Jim Carrey gave at a university, um, and it went viral. And he spoke about. I mean, we all know who Jim Carrey is, and his dad. He, his dad was an accountant, and he said that his dad was the funniest guy. That he got all his his sense of humor from his dad and everything. Right, huh. <laughs> and. He knows that his dad would have done, you know, would have gone into like comedy if he had the resources, mm-hmm. uh, or I don't know, or maybe or the something upbringing. else, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but he said that his dad was in a position where I think I think he's Canadian, right, or something, and they had to, um, yeah, his dad had to put uh, food on the table, so mm-hmm. he was an accountant and worked as an accountant, and he absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. He was good at numbers, and he worked as an accountant. And then after working and providing for the family for however long, he got like fired or laid off or whatever happened to the company. Mm -hmm. And actually Jim Carrey then had to like kind of provide for like with comedy the family with comedy and he was doing stand-up and I think he he got like he was he was like doing like like cleaning and I think he also like got like jobs for his dad like helping the clothes but the whole point of it was which really like resonated with me is what he said was that you can fail at something you hate doing Mm -hmm. you can do something that you hate doing that you feel you have to and you can fail at that too so you might as well fail doing something you actually Um, care about you know what I mean like you might as well just give it your all and and kind of do you know what you want to do and build your life around that because you know that can also you know that can also not work out and that's fine Mm -hmm. but how horrible is it if you weren't doing something you wanted to do you know what I mean and you still feel and you still feel and he was like it's the (laughs) hardest thing and I was like that's so true you know what I mean because yeah Mm. and and even like now we have so much more resources and possibilities than Jim Carrey back then. Exactly. Which is, right. so you have a lot less of an excuse to not try it. Exactly. You know? right. The resources and, we have yeah. are so much. And we're seeing like these, these Gen Z's, they don't think twice. No. About it all. That's just like, that's the vibe now. Yeah, yeah. Like, nope. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's an artist. Everybody's doing <laughs> exactly. their passion. And I love it. Like, because they, and I see it in my little sister all the time. I'm like, mm. she has balls that I never had because we're kind of that last generation that grew up without the yes. internet and t- YouTube tutorials and now you could literally master anything by watching mm-hmm. 80 hours of videos, right? Right. But we still kind of were raised in this mindset of, okay, you, you, you finish yeah. high school, you finish your degree, you raise a family, you, you have a stable job, you climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have one foot, but we also are the first generation that's kind of exactly. like, oh, but there's also... Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. You know? And everything coming after just supports that. So yeah. it's kind of fun to pivot and yeah, leave yeah, a bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like you have yeah. a lot of understanding and, and compassion for how it used to be, but, mm-hmm. you know... You can kind of see how it's becoming, and you, you yeah, know, it's exciting. Exactly. You know? And you're also yeah. kind of like, I'm, I'm young still too. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's the other thing because our generation, I don't know. I mean, back in the day, you were married at like 17 yes. or whatever, and you had a family, a whole and family. you would, it was it was a whole other thing. You know right. what I mean? Right. And now we're like 30 plus. Yeah. Like I'm single, living my life. I'm feeling yeah. sure, great. Like, you know? What's happening? Nobody has a house. Nobody, nobody. has money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everybody's like, everybody's kind 
kind of like we're we're not broke broke but you know we're, we're getting by <laughs> right. but we're kind of enjoying life and we're not right. yeah it's just a different thing it's a whole different new thing yeah 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 that's right 100%. and you know the 30s have been great so far mm-hmm. 20s yeah. chaos yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what's going on. My body is like, <laughs> oh, you're super young, but like you have to be an adult and uh-huh. you're trying to figure out who yeah. you are. And there's all these pressures to mm-hmm. figure it out mm-hmm. and be doing great and meeting your potential. And, you know, just you have to kind of break out of those mm-hmm. expectations. And I've been doing much more of that each each year in yeah. the 30s. And it's it's great. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, I'm ready for 40s. <laughs> That's going to be even better. We hope. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, how was your upbringing, though, in North Carolina? Oh, it was really lovely. I moved around a lot when I was um, younger. And then from probably the time I was about 10 until I you know, graduated high school, I was in uh, North Carolina. So um, it feels like a big full circle because all my family is from the Carolinas. So uh, we would go down to South Carolina in the summers and, you know, for weeks at a time, stay with our grandparents and our cousins. And uh, so going home for me really is like going to my grandparents' houses, like my Mm-hmm. Parents were raised there too, so there's just that mm-hmm. deep, like generational connection, and yeah, everything yeah. feels so familiar. Um, but uh, yep, grew up in in Charlotte, uh, and I had a great time. I played tennis growing up. Me too. Um, oh yeah. Oh shit. Oh, the former tennis. Yeah, oh, yeah, life. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. That was like my sport. Same. I mean, I played a lot of sports, but tennis was definitely it. I had to choose a sport at some point because mm-hmm. my parents are like, yeah, I mean, we don't have money. Yeah. Just finance <laughs> everything you want to do, you yeah. know, so you need to pick a few things. Yeah. And uh, as far as sports uh, like went, I would like tennis was definitely it. I, that was definitely my sport. And I played on the national circuit growing up. And nice. When I was 14, I won my like double crown, which is like you won singles and doubles that year. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. And then I think I got to university and kind of like fizzled out like everything else after i graduated i was like i don't want to play in university because i want to be able to explore you know the other interests that i had that tennis playing not only for my school but in a you know state and national uh, like southern you know region you're playing all the time yeah yeah it's you know north carolina is hot so yeah north carolina is a good school for like uh uh, um for tennis and Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah i'm about looking at those because i was looking at options in the states as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah, they're in in florida yeah yeah florida is nuts it's it's wild and i mean it's it's very extreme you Mm -hmm. know so uh it's funny because i i've been thinking about like what in my life has kind of connected to the kind of space that I'm in now. And you think about the performance element of DJing, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you are on a stage, maybe you are raised platform and it's just a little table so people can even see your feet. Like it's not always foggy and, Mm -hmm. you know, backlit and no one can see you, which I kind of think is nice. You know, don't pay, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? Like it just enjoy yourselves and dance. And, uh, being in front of bigger and bigger audiences, you know, like there's a lot of conversations around performance and performance mm-hmm. anxiety and things like that. But I remember thinking back to my roots growing up, like from when I was eight till, you know, 18, like people are watching you play and it's such a mental sport. And it's an individual mm-hmm. sport. Exactly. It's not a team sport. It's, so everything's yeah, on, on you. you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, as I got better and better and started playing in front of, you know, bigger and bigger, like, audiences, right? Like, you just have to get in the zone and trust yourself and know. And I see some some parallels and similarities with that. Mm-hmm. As, I actually as never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
taking it back, yeah. <laughs> full circle kind of moments. Did you do any sort of performing when you were younger as well? Or? Yeah, I really loved to dance whenever I could. Um, I did some different forms of dance in college too. Like there's, you know, your like performance kind of dance. Uh, but then there, I also did uh, Garba, which is a type of like Indian dance um, okay. yeah, for a couple of Diwali performances. Okay. I also acted in a few plays, um, which was okay. really fun. Like just leaning into that like creative mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. expression that that I only touched on uh, in middle school and high school. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't have the time. Right, um, yeah, yeah. So but when I was able to choose for myself, you know, that's when it gets really then fun. Then you went in, yeah. yeah. But it's funny how, like, growing up, a lot of us kind of see, like, there's, there's two batches of creatives, mm-hmm. I find, or at least in our generation. There's the ones that were, like, practice every day like you're definitely going to be some kind of a superstar type of creative and then there's the ones that kind of dabbled in it and you know you're like okay I'm never ever going to be good enough to be an actual performer Mm -hmm. but it's nice and it's fun and I do it as a hobby and you don't realize how much it actually impacts you and how much you learn from just dabbling yes you know yeah especially if you then later on decide to become a DJ or decide to go into performing that it still is gives you that foundation that you can then grab onto totally later on in life and i'm curious for you like tell me about uh your childhood growing up were there any parallels to you know djing like we've been chatting about and when did you start and get into it that's i guess two different questions but who's on the podcast i mean <laughs> but i, I want to know like, i'm yeah, curious yeah. i feel like maybe i could go first because i think my uh growing up was pretty straightforward as mm-hmm. in like i think jamila moved around a lot or has a, a very diverse like uh, uh upbringing mm-hmm. whereas i feel like i stayed in that um, well, well, yeah, I, I stayed in Trinidad, but I think as far as performance goes, I, I always performed. I was always in, um, uh, I mean, my earliest memories of performing is like uh, Calypso competitions in primary school. Mm. You know, my dad was like my first producer and writer mm-hmm. and he would... Um, yeah, <laughs> he would write with these Calypsos for me and I won. I did win like one year. Um, so I was always, I don't know, I think I always... Um, enjoyed the idea of being um i don't know (laughs) not the center of attention Mm -hmm. but i enjoyed being in control of a room and making people happy doing Mm -hmm. that yeah i always enjoyed um showing people a good time Mm -hmm. and and showing them a good time in a way that maybe they might not be able to do for themselves Mm -hmm. or that maybe they could just like I'll do all the work and you just have a good time yeah and I think I always enjoyed that even when I was in in scouts I was in scouts for quite a long time we do the campfire Mm -hmm. and I would always be the the MC and kind of show everybody <laughs> kind of lead the show or lead you know it wasn't even organized but it was always I guess it got to the point where it was expected that Kyle would grab would stand up and then sort of host the whole thing mm-hmm. um so I was always comfortable like speaking to crowds and 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 being you know kind of watched and then now that you mentioned tennis now that it's only now that I'm thinking about it but tennis is kind of same mm-hmm. thing too you know I think there was a lot of pressure um because my dad was very involved so I think maybe in my I didn't think about that because I think maybe when I think about tennis and playing tournaments I think about my dad watching Mm -hmm. (laughs) like how my dad would would react after because he was intense yeah yeah. can relate (laughs) so I feel like I didn't even notice the crowds really (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I noticed the crowds like if it went well and everybody clapped and I'd be like Oh, okay. I mean, of, of course, I noticed crowds at the time, but mm-hmm. I think it didn't. Yeah, I didn't really think of that until you mentioned it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I did a lot of things growing up, and my parents were very um, 
supportive in a lot of different ways. But I think my parents weren't um, uh, too artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they. I think my my father comes from like a musical family, um, but very informally. Like they taught themselves how to play guitar or whatever. Cool. Um, and my mom's family, I think, is also quite artistic. But they themselves, we didn't grew up in an artistic household I'd say so I think that the arts sort of were like appreciated but not necessarily like a part of us like Mm -hmm. growing up Mm -hmm. you know um and they were very academic school was a big deal yep grades were very important yeah very um my dad was a lawyer my mom was an accountant so it's very it was very strict on that end and that was always the first priority that was Mm -hmm. always the number one Mm -hmm. and in fact when I had to go to school um and I applied to a lot of schools. My parents were like, you're not going to university of, I don't know, Timbuktu to do whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I studied engineering. They're like, you're going to a good school. So I applied for a bunch of top schools, mm-hmm. you know, that I either couldn't get into or couldn't afford. I think I got into um, Washington St. Louis. Is that's it St. Louis or St. Louis? Yeah, that's yeah. where I went. Really? Yeah, Washington St. Louis. That's my really? Home. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I um. I won a scholarship to Washington St. Louis, but um, it was just too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was too much money. I think tuition was insane. It was like 56 or something at the yeah. time. And it was just, it was nuts. I, yeah. got, I, I think I got through to Tulane and Washington St. Louis and um, was hopeful for Villanova, but was on a waiting list, but didn't get through. Mm. Um, but it was always very like, you're going to good schools to do this really good degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything fell, everything else fell by the wayside. Like tennis and everything took a, big pause during exams you know mm-hmm. there was no there was no like tournaments and like oh, exams you yeah, know yeah. um like and that's why my my regional ranking always suffered because my pairs always could go away and compete but but all the big itf tournaments were always around april and march and may got which it. are all big exam months got it so i could never do regional like yeah. go away, you know yeah and i don't know i feel like it's how they grew up and it's how they knew how to parent. So that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It's not like they stifled me uh, and when I wanted to do extracurricular activities or anything like that. But yeah. I think that certain artistic passions definitely, um, I had to really, I had to really want it, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to really do my own thing. I feel like if you grew up with a, mu- a musician parent, you know, and you say you want to be a DJ or something, mm-hmm. I feel like they're just like I would, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> not me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, so I grew up in, that, in a quite a, a academic, you know, family, quote unquote, normal family. And then halfway through studying mechanical engineering, I told my parents, I think I want to be a DJ. And my mom was not having it. Mm. <laughs> my mom was like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know. Um, my dad was trying to understand, mm. you know. And I finished my degrees. I mean, I told them it's not that I don't want to finish my degrees or anything, but this is what I want to do. And I studied that for my bachelor's. I did another master's in engineering. Mm. And then I worked. And then I reached my boiling point. And then I said... I have to make this jump. I'm not getting any younger and mm-hmm. I feel like I have to jump. And if I don't jump now, I don't want to hate myself when I'm 40. Not that 40 is too late to do anything, but right. you know, I don't want to hate myself for not acting earlier. And I'm looking at my peers in the DJ and entertainment circle mm-hmm. doing certain things that um yeah, that I'm envious and and or 
yeah, I feel like I should be doing or that I have the talent to be doing or I feel like, yeah, that, you know. Yeah, that envy is something that gets you, eh? like seeing somebody else do something that you're passionate about. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't even necessarily like a, su- a success thing or I felt like I could do it better, but it's more like I feel like, yeah, I just wanted the opportunity to do something mm-hmm. like that and I just couldn't. And then, so after about three years of working as mm-hmm. a, as a uh, my corporate job, um, I decided to move to Berlin and yeah this was my big jump and I to move I had to study so I studied another because I, I only have a Trinidadian passport mm-hmm. so to to move I had to study so I did another postgrad in in film I tried to make sure that it was like a little more in the direction of mm-hmm. things that I was yeah. you know, interested in yeah so I studied film um I still have a corporate job I work I, you know I work at a tech company here Word. and um trying to be a DJ trying to make it happen trying to make sure I don't have any regrets yes. when I reach whatever you know yeah. what I mean yeah but um and f- and my parents are on board and it's, it's funny because my my um uh, th- not that they weren't on board before they were always supportive but they were always like yeah mm-hmm. you know and uh, Trinidad's a small place and once my, <laughs> my parents went to this uh function I can't remember what it was I think it was like a a law thing a law society thing maybe and this really um prominent a uh, female lawyer came up to my mom um, and she was like, I mean, she knows my dad or whatever. And she, she was talking to my mom and she said, congratulations on your progressive parenting and <laughs> on being supportive of your son going to Berlin to be a DJ. And I'm so happy that my mom gave the answer that she gave, <laughs> yeah. which was not like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you what did she say? She 100% said, well, <laughs> this is after two engineering degrees and <laughs> a third degree it really took a while you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know we we're, we're going with it and this is what he wants so i mm. think we're you know but at least She's she a real man. at yeah. least she she said it you mm-hmm. know what i mean because mm-hmm. to be fair i don't think she yeah i mean to be to be just completely honest i don't think my mother would have ever been on board mm-hmm. if i didn't finish my degrees or whatever because that's just totally. what they mm-hmm. yeah know you know what i mean yeah and um and yeah and they're supportive now they look out for me they 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 they're happy that i'm doing my thing mm-hmm. um trinidad is very different from berlin in many different ways um and uh yeah, I guess suppose in a nutshell, as as far as my performance or artistic life goes, that's where I'm at now. And then uh, April happened, uh, COVID ended, started to get some. Uh, this was in 2019, by the mm-hmm. way. Moved in October 2019, so Word. moved just in time for the pandemic. Yeah, and uh, only now getting settled in it. It's like getting settled in, to be honest. Like I just, I just, um, I got a job about a year ago. Just moved into like a proper flat with a permanent like contract kind of thing. Um, So now getting settled in. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And um, just got my first gigs in Berlin in April. Congratulations. Um, And I've been kind of, yeah, working to try and get one or two gigs a month since. But it's Mm. going pretty okay for now. Word. Yeah. Word. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Trying our best. That's yeah, all I could do. <laughs> aren't we all? You know what I mean? <laughs> we're doing good. Like, yeah, we're trying yeah, to. Yeah. And then we started No Man's Land. And then Jamila, to, to bridge this across to Jamila, um, we knew each other in Trinidad through a, an ex girlfriend of mine. Okay, we're. Yeah. And we moved to Berlin at the same time. And we were like, 
Hey. You know? <laughs> we actually yeah. bumped into each other by chance at like a Trinidadian barbecue oh, thing cool. that both cool. of us weren't really like, are we really going to go to this thing? Yeah, we like, didn't. We kind of go. And we were yeah. like in contact, like, yeah. but like at a distance, like texting, but we didn't yeah, really yeah. like meet up or anything. And then yeah. we, we met a, a couple of times and we met at this like Independence Day thing, which is coming up. Yeah. Right. Actually. True. <laughs> right. And we met up at this thing in this park. And then we, we kind of got like a little like, okay, we should, we should connect we should mm-hmm. whatever but then i think it was after you came to my birthday yeah, yeah, yeah. we were like and it was okay. like it was after you know three months of heavy lockdown in berlin mm. i don't know if it was three months it could have been three weeks i don't really remember the time right. periods at this point but it was like <laughs> you're not allowed to have more than three people in an apartment yeah, 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 like yeah. curfew nine oh, you know yeah. there was no social life there was no and i had just moved to berlin as well so i didn't have like a strong social circle mm. so i basically spent three months just super lonely and I was like, okay, let me go to this boy's birthday and like start socializing. <laughs> you know, yeah. people, conversation. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then she, yeah, so she came and I think that was the first time we were like, okay, cool, well, we can hang, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, you don't necessarily know people's vibe until like totally. you, you get down to yeah. it kind of thing. Yeah. And then that's when we started like hanging. And then it's it's nice because I think we've, we've gotten pretty close in Berlin and she's Trinidadian, which is not something that I... Like and I, like, I didn't I didn't come here to chill with a bunch of trainees. I came mm-hmm. here to do my thing and involve myself in a different culture. But I mean, it's of course very nice to have mm-hmm. someone from home. And then, you know, she has her own story, which adds her own. You know, I think yeah. we're like a good team, and now yeah. we're doing this. You know, yeah, yeah we're so, nice. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, my whole backstory is hard to summarize as well. But I grew up kind of moving around a lot. My dad mm-hmm. was a like my parents split very young. My dad was a sailor, so we sailed a lot. My mom mm. was you know, working in property management and like raising four kids and, um, and, but I was always in like all of the arts, drama, music, mm-hmm. dance, name it. I was in it. And yeah. those were, they, I also didn't have to pick because those were things that you could do for free in high school and in primary school. Right. So I was That's just doing awesome. it yeah. and sports and stuff, but I was never a performer. Like I always loved doing it with friends and just mm-hmm. feeling the vibes. But as soon as he put me on a stage, like, like oh. I get super, super shy <laughs> And except for like when you give me the ox at a party, because yeah. then I'm then I'm not even studying who I'm, you know, who's looking at me. Then I'm just vibing to my own music mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I moved to Germany, so when I was like 16, I moved to Germany to do A levels, O levels, O levels. O levels is what form five? No, form six. A levels. A levels. Um, so basically, like eleventh and twelfth grade, and then you have you okay. know you go up to tenth grade. Anyways, I moved to Cape, Germany. No, it's not A levels. Cape, so yeah, yeah. Um, moved to Germany for that, and that's actually where the arts kind of died for me because mm. you had to be very good in English in in German grammar. Mm. So it was like you couldn't. You, it wasn't just about playing music, and it wasn't just about acting. And it was I like I loved visual arts. I used to paint and draw. Yeah, and it wasn't about how you drew. It was about analyzing very ancient texts in German. Interesting. And I was like, that's horrible. Yeah. And my German is good, but reading and writing is very tough. And then reading and writing old German yeah, is right. hell. Old language and any yeah. language is difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so then I was like, all right, well, that's it for the arts for me. Mm. Which is super sad. Because you think, sad. you know, because I'm like, I'm not the only person who's... German isn't perfect who may come here as a creative individual whose creativity just gets crushed because you can't read and write German properly. That's horrible. (laughs) And um, so then I just kind of switched over to sciences for a while and started studying biochemistry Mm. because, you know, it was very straightforward and it was less about, you know, you could deal Mm -hmm. with formulas and stuff. So it was less about language. Right. And uh, then I think we spoke about this actually in our last podcast as well. 
um a lot of things happened in my family like my my mom got very sick my brother got very sick he was not hospitalized but he was diagnosed with first was bipolar disorder and then it was schizophrenia mm. um terrible healthcare system in Trinidad and Tobago my mom ended up getting sick because of the stress so I went I stayed there longer to help her out and mm-hmm. was like okay I'm not gonna like I'm just gonna take a, a break from university mm-hmm. and then while I was there I got a call that my grandma who taught me German who I was very close to was had a month to live because of cancer wow so I came back and um my grandma was the person back when i was like 12 she was like don't i told her i wanted to be a, a videographer or mm. filmmaker and she was like no you need to make money mm. don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, so when i came back to see her when she was you know she was in her, her sick bed in her apartment and mm. stuff we had this long conversation and she was like she, she told me she was like you don't seem to be doing something that makes you happy that something that you should be doing mm. and um yeah, that was it for me. I was like, no, You're right. yeah. <laughs> like, not, yeah. what, what am I doing studying biochemistry? I actually don't like I hated it so much. Mm. And uh, so I quit and went on to study creative media with a minor and another degree. So it was creative media with a minor in information system and then another bachelor in digital media with a minor in e-business mm. on, in two different universities. One was in Hamburg and the other one was in Hong Kong. Got it. And there it was really just art school. It was like old. It, it was less about um, picking one discipline, mm-hmm. which fit for me very well. Yeah, yeah. Big respect to people who master something. Yeah. Was never me. Yeah. Like I very, my attention span is just too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All over the place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so creative media studies was about, you know, how to tell a story with whatever yeah. medium yeah. you want. Yeah, I love that too. That's yeah. very similar to my yeah. studies in, in school. Yeah, it was uh, American culture studies, which yeah. wasn't even really about America mm-hmm. so much as like it cross-listed with everything. Mm. So I took all these really interesting classes across women, gender, sexuality studies, Latin American studies, Asian American studies, but my main focus was African and African American studies, which was always a passion of mine growing up, just learning all the things about my own, you know, history and culture mm-hmm. as a black American. Uh, but also, like, uh, I loved being able to just take classes across all different kinds of mm-hmm. disciplines that yeah. really are about um, finding the context for the way something is yeah. in the past and using those sort of lessons to yeah. analyze not only the present, but, you know, to look towards the future. Yeah. So what, why, what makes something popular right mm-hmm. like I looked at like children's literature or popular you know, television right mm-hmm. what makes something critically acclaimed how does it fit into the socio-economic geopolitical context of mm-hmm. the current state and what are all the influences and how do we you know analyze that today um so really fun stuff i love like pop culture and mm. you know just digging i took a class on like horror movies which was really yeah. interesting <laughs> um so i really got a chance to look at so many different things like violence across the world and you know the stuff that our american the history does not teach mm-hmm. you know about myself but also you know so many other um cultures around the world which i mm. which i really love but it was not like it wasn't specific no i mean psychology classes like music classes so many different things and similarly you know the attention piece Mm. but i like that it all somehow and it fits together together. somehow that's kind of where creativity is born right Mm -hmm. it's taking bits and pieces from a bunch of things that don't necessarily fit together yes and somehow finding a way to make them fit together and make something new and that's like djing as well yeah you know like 
yeah, you create new mm-hmm. new things with the music that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my good friends, DJ Wawa, uh, describes DJing as making songs kiss, which I really mm-hmm. like <laughs> as a metaphor. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes like these songs are making out. When you hit those three deck blends, it's like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So respect for that as well. Yeah. You know, that um, multidisciplinary approach. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And it took a while for me because I've always had this thought of okay at some point you need to choose something and actually get good at it because you're kind of or get great at it you know because you're kind of you're mediocre at a lot of things and then good at like a few of those bunch of things mm-hmm. but you're not great at anything and I'm still not great at anything I don't and <laughs> I don't know about that I don't that. know about that you know like, <laughs> because you know I, I, I feel the same way yeah you know what I mean like Jack of all trades master yeah, yeah. kind of thing and I feel like you know it's like when you go out to eat, right? Mm-hmm. And there's that place that just does it like the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. like KFC. Like KFC dominates Trinidad, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. really? But Trinidadian KFC. Like we need to I be should, very okay. specific okay. on this yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've tasted KFC yeah, in yeah, other we, countries and it's nothing. Say, point. KFC in Trinidad is actually Lashing. fantastic. Like, yeah. okay. I want to say right now Let me tell you, that, that KFC, KFC in <laughs> Grenada, sponsored. if you ever go but to <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> no, but real talk, KFC Grenada, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously you're in the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these places have to make the food to right. the, the taste of the people, right? Right. And it's the same thing with Chinese food. Mm-hmm. The best Chinese food in the world is Trinidadian Chinese food, right? Because they're Chinese, they're 100% Chinese, but yeah. they're making it for Trinidadians, yeah. right? So it, it comes with like heavy seasoning and, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a certain yeah. way. And KFC is the same thing, mm-hmm. Right. And Grenada KFC is even better. It's nuts. Really? Grenada's KFC is the best KFC in the Caribbean. I said it, you know? Okay. <laughs> I heard it here first. Well, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's like, okay, so let's get, like, in Trinidad's context, KFC is like the pinnacle of fried chicken, right? Yeah. But then we have like our local. There are brand. some people that would argue Royal Castle. I'm 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 a Royal Castle man. I'm just yeah. Saying. But nobody will ever 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 deny that the fries from Royal Castle are the best. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Even if like you are not like the at the forefront of this brand or talent or mm-hmm. skill or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, like you might still offer something that nobody else does. Mm-hmm. And even if that comes out of the fact that you combine yeah. it with like a lot of different things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to make something that's different, you know, there's still value in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the thing is, it, 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 I think about that all the time yeah. too, you know what I mean? Because you see people doing things that you try to do, you know, like yeah. anything, you know, like yeah. you try to play the guitar or whatever. And then you look at like, I don't know, Santana or something. <laughs> Like, yeah. what, is this, what is this man even if you look at Hendrix and you're like what is this man yeah. doing like what he is right. a guitar you know what I mean right. <laughs> like him and the guitar are one yeah, they've merged into like, one being for me it was Prince yeah that really did that yeah. I lived yeah. in uh, Minneapolis for three years before New York uh, and wow I got I was lucky enough to see him play at wow. Pizzi Park twice before really? he died yeah and it was I mean you know yeah, I know Prince, right? But mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, Until yeah. Until I saw him perform, I was mm-hmm. like, I will probably never see anyone like this talented mm-hmm. again in yeah, my life. Yeah, yeah, I knew it at yeah. the time. I was like, I'm going to die and like yeah. never see anyone yeah, yeah, as yeah. amazing as this. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That was like how Beyonce was for me. Yeah. Like Beyonce came to Trinidad yeah. once. Mm. And you know, like, yeah, of course, you know the hype. You know the songs or whatever. But, but she's a performer. She's a performer. Oh, and she's doing God. the dance numbers the whole... Like, she's yeah. dancing the whole and time. She and she creative directs everything. Yep. The whole time. Yeah. And she's hitting 
all the notes, yeah. every mm-hmm. note, just Incredible. as well as on the album, which is which is not easy. A lot of artists like they no, fall there's, flat there's and live. There's a reason. There's you know a reason I mean? she's a queen. <laughs> yeah, like she she worked and yeah. earned that. That's what I'm saying. I watched yeah. Homecoming and I was like, anytime I feel down or like yeah. kind of lazy or out of it, I need to watch that. Yeah, because that it's the, just like the, do- the, the most documentary mm-hmm, okay, about yeah, yeah. Um, her Coachella performance. Okay. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what a vision. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, if I if I would consider myself a performer, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I sing and write my own songs and I'm out here trying to do it. Mm. I'm looking at yeah, someone yeah. like Prince and Beyonce yeah. or whoever it is. Yeah. It's kind of disheartening in a way, yeah. you know, because obviously if you're driven in a certain way, you compare yourself yeah. to mm-hmm. the best because you want to be the best. You know what I mean? But I mean, while I think there is value in always striving to be the best in what you do, there's also value in not necessarily being like the absolute best mm-hmm. because then I think it forces you yeah. to find other avenues for the the creativity inside of you because in a lot of ways, maybe you and that person have the same, fi- let's call it a fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> the same thing burning inside of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this person, I don't know, maybe they grew up a certain way or they worked really hard growing up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but they are able to just absolutely nail this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you might not be able to do that, but then you have to find a way. If you have this same fire burning inside you, you have to find other channels and other things to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could go to Beyonce and I don't know, maybe Beyonce sucks at math. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know. Prince, I don't know. Can't, yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. So, and you have to, you have to take that kind of pressure off yourself yes. as well. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, and like the whole, you know, don't, you don't need to be the best. You just need to do your best and learn yeah. from the best. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking because yeah. uh, uh, I think what does the best kind of mean? Yeah. And what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Also subjective, you know, like we were talking about breaking out of these um, kind of like old models of living your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I actually want? What makes me happy? And is that actually okay? Can mm-hmm. I give myself permission mm-hmm. to live what the way I want to, mm-hmm. to pursue what I actually care about and not to have to mold myself and to be like anyone else. But I think it is fair to have like people who are very inspiring to you, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like the, the whole thing, I forget who said this, but someone said, um, you know, maybe it was like a Mike Huggabee, but you had to put like 10,000 hours into anything to, yeah, yeah. to master yeah. it. Luca says know? that all yeah. the time. <laughs> That's my old roommate. Oh, yeah, yeah word. Yeah. He said, because we have these conversations like this mm-hmm. all the time, because I think he's in a place where he hasn't um, found a, a, a channel for his fire. You know, mm-hmm. he. Mm-hmm. I can see and I can feel that he has a yeah. lot inside of him, but I think he's just a little... Yeah, I don't want to say confused because I don't think he's confused. I think he's just kind of like undecisive. Yeah, he's a little indecisive and he's trying to find like what he's, I don't know. I think I tell him all the time that he needs to like, because uh, he keeps going on about this job that he has and how it's not necessarily. And I was like, yeah, but a lot of people have a day job that they're not necessarily passionate about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like myself in, included. I mean, like it's interesting, but it doesn't like, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't exactly. Light the fire. Yeah, Not just exactly. a lot of people, like most people. I'd say most yeah. people, yeah. yeah. I'd say most people. So I was like, <laughs> you, you don't need to, you don't need to put pressure on yourself because of that. I was like, I think that you're so frustrated because when you come home from work, mm-hmm. there's nothing else where yeah. you can yeah. release. You don't have that yes. release. You have yeah. creative 
blue balls is what I tell yeah, them. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't have like, you're, you're not getting that release that actually fulfills you. Yeah. And, and then mm-hmm. obviously everything's going to be frustrating at that point. Right. You know what I mean? And he always says when we're talking about like, talents and skills and what he does and what he'd like to invest his time in he always says like ten thousand hours and mm-hmm. he's always like that's right considering this that's right yeah. and it's a good um motivation you know like you can be doing well but i'm not even close to that yeah you know so i still have so much more time to put in and kind of like tennis like it's something you can do for your whole life yeah, in yeah. varying levels like maybe you're not in the clubs you know when you're 80 mm-hmm. but there is a you know techno dj in china who or japan who is uh 80 years old yeah yeah killing it and yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. You, you can find her on youtube she's pretty amazing yeah. uh, so it's just that um that balance, but I've been in that space before, yeah. you know, where I was like, wow, what am I, what is my life about? You know, I'm, uh, I have skills, I have like positive quality, you know, but I, I'm working and I'm doing the right thing, but it just doesn't feel fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm investing in like my weekends, you know, yeah. or meeting up with friends and going out dancing and everything. And then it got to a point where it's like, I'm doing this so much. And I've always had music as a part of my life, but I, I really want to contribute to the scene and the community that I'm in. You know, what can I do and what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And what am I afraid yeah, to say yeah, out yeah. loud mm-hmm. that I really want? I went through a lot of like struggles of like dealing with like fear. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, like the fear of success is something that, you know, like what if I want something and I'm not good at it? Yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. that I really love or like, you know, I'm, I'm successful, quote unquote, but I'm a fraud, you know, like imposter syndrome, like so many people struggle with that. And it's been, uh, encouraging to hear conversations Mm -hmm. like these over, you know, podcasts like Shannon's where people are talking about performance anxiety, people are talking about mental health, like, especially if you're working another job, you know, which I will need to at some Mm -hmm. point, you know, in the future, but I want to make sure it's the right thing. So I'm not burnt out and miserable with, you know, the majority of how I'm spending my, Mm -hmm. my time, like I used to be, um, and no shade to my old job. It was just people, especially in tech, especially when the pandemic shifted everyone to working from home, it was like, you were working 12 hour days mm. yeah, yeah. Not all the time. Yeah. Cause it just, yeah. It just became too accessible. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we were too accessible. Yeah. And I'm honestly, I'm traumatized by that slack. Notification oh. sound. <laughs> when I, I was at the, I was at a cafe the other day and I heard it on somebody else's laptop and I, I'm like, I turn around. Bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and I kept like reflexively, like when I left, like all the apps like, yeah. you know, disappeared yeah. on my phone, but I had a whole, like page uh, of just my work apps. Mm-hmm. So I found myself still, you know, in the morning, eight o'clock, you wake up and I'm like, oh, I need to check my email. I need to check Slack. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. no, I yeah. literally quit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that does not exist <laughs> anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that that happens to me when I, like, I recently just stopped working mm-hmm. basically and took three months off. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, but now she's starting again. Now I'm starting again. <laughs> Literally this week I'm starting again. <laughs> and well, that time went time, by like the time this. for yourself though. And so I, I did. Congratulations I, for that. Thank you. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was weird. Like I think I made, I, I'm hard on myself sometimes because I feel like I wanted to do a lot more, mm-hmm. but like I did a lot that I didn't plan on doing as well. Yeah. You know? Like what? So it's fine. Just like visiting a bunch of family members that I didn't plan on visiting. Yeah. I did the refuge worldwide um, the creative, workshop. yeah, awesome. the, the workshop, um, and then we started building No Man's Land as well, which was kind of supposed to be finished by now, mm. but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Things take time. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And, um, Berlin wasn't built in a day. Exactly. <laughs> and um, oh god, I forgot what I was gonna say. What were we talking about before? Working, and you said you took a break from work, and the stress of work. 
There was something else before. Mm. Okay, it'll come back. But you know, I think... 10,000 hours. I think the age thing definitely plays a part Mm. in being comfortable in making these decisions. Oh, yeah. Because I think that a 24-year-old could never be comfortable in such an insecure position that I think a lot of 30-something-year-olds are living in now. You know, not to say that I'm 100% secure Mm -hmm. um, because that's definitely not the case. But I think that... You know, I don't know, maybe it's not even compar- like comparable because the generations before didn't have this kind of access or this, the problems that we do. But at least sometimes I think about like Berlin and, and the move that I made when I was 27 or 28 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I made this move at 23, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know You're going to be ready. I'm, I don't know. I might have partied too hard. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, I was partying too hard in my bachelor degree. You know what I mean? And I was home. If I was in mm-hmm. Berlin where it's just unlimited parties for mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Unlimited parties for forever on your parents' money. That's the vibe. Unlimited parties and, and, for forever. <laughs> yes. You know? And it's that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know how, how productive I, I would yeah. have been. But yeah. exactly what you said, you know, uh, what you said, like understanding that, you know, yes, you are comparing yourself to... Uh, people that inspire you or mm. situations that you strive to of course that does come with the territory of ambition mm-hmm. but you also need to be comfortable in choosing your own version of success mm-hmm. and really come into terms with you know maybe this doesn't look like the people that I have posters of you know mm-hmm. maybe th- maybe this doesn't look like yeah many different things you yeah. know and and that there's no right answer, you right, know? Right, And I found, at least for me, like, things just have made sense for the mm-hmm. time that they were in, and it's just sort of been, like, a part of, like, one step in the in the journey, right? There's no going back. Mm-hmm. There's only forward. Like, people were saying in New York a lot, it was really hard. COVID was just, it was really difficult and mm-hmm. pretty dark. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, when, when COVID's over, quote-unquote, or when we go, we, we go back, and I'm like, there is no going back. Yeah, and yeah. this, like, we are forever changed and impacted, and there's only forward. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's no going back to how yeah, things yeah. were. It will just be different. Yeah, you yeah. know, so sometimes I think it's helpful to kind of keep that in mind. Like, I used to get stuck in this a lot, um, especially when I was younger. Like, what if I did this? What if I did that? Mm-hmm. Well, where, where would my life be if I actually committed to studying abroad? I got accepted to a a South African study abroad program in um, Cape Town and I decided not to um, for a few different reasons but mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think I was ready you know and I was like I, I will travel in the future but I don't know like it just I wasn't ready mm-hmm. um, and uh, same with you know being able to just take a step away from work like I wasn't ready until I was I didn't see it as a potential option until mm-hmm. I did you know I wasn't uh, in the in the scene until I was, you know? Um, And DJing came a lot later for me. Like, it wasn't uh, something that I started thinking, oh, I could do this. How long have you been DJing? Uh, About three years. Okay. Yeah, I started, uh, I learned in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, In January, I took a workshop uh, through a group called Hone Social with uh, two DJs, uh, Lenora uh, and Masha, who are Sirs and Masha, with the space in between Mm -hmm. the Ma and the Sha. Um, who were really awesome, and they started a, 
uh, free DJ workshop series at a spot called Newtown Radio in New York, where you can just come sign up for one, two-hour sessions. You can go live if you want to practice, if you have no introduction at all but it's just mm-hmm. the access to equipment yeah, so course, you know yeah. even thinking about my old job like there's yeah. so much that relates to equity and thinking about access and like who are in the clubs who is playing mm-hmm. who runs the spaces how do you think about safety and that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. but learning in that environment was really great and the gigs came like more quickly than I would have realized mm-hmm. you know like Masha was very encouraging it was like you're really good like mm-hmm. you sh- you know I'm gonna see mm-hmm. my friends looking for DJs for a free happy hour at mm-hmm. this place called Hollow this- on Wednesday like two months after I you know first touched CDJs mm-hmm. you want to do it and I was like okay and that was my first ever gig and you know they kind of slowly built over time but um only until a certain point did I visualize and, and re- realize like oh and I decided actually, yeah and, and I prepped for it you know like yeah. to be able to do this like it took over a year of yeah. saving and working and just continuing to you know, pull away from my job mm-hmm. focus so giving it a thousand percent and it's like okay you get maybe a hundred mm-hmm. actually less than that <laughs> because I'm you know doing what I really really care about but um you know showing up and continuing to build it and it's kind of it's just, it's been mm. really amazing. Like I, But it's vinyl too. Did you learn on vinyl? Yeah. Did you yeah. start it on vinyl? No, I, um, I had records, but I never, I didn't have, I don't have any like formal vinyl yeah. learning. I just. Did you have like techno and house records before? Some, but a lot of like, you know, contemporary stuff, albums. Like I just started, mm-hmm. I actually bought my first record before I even had turntables and yeah, I didn't have a table for like probably two years after I had mm-hmm. that, that record. Too. It was at a, a show yeah. I went to because I used to go to live music all the time. Mm-hmm. I was always going out dancing and stuff, but... Me too. Yeah, there you go. So um, I slowly started building my record collection from you know ground up. Same with my digital collection. I listened to streaming all the time, mm-hmm. so I didn't have a music library after like 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, my old uh, high school uh, taste, which honestly was great. I still listen to <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love like, my old oh, playlist. Yeah, the old 100%. playlist. But um, uh, I started learning vinyl just sort of randomly. Um, by randomly, I mean like here and there. Like uh, bring some records over to a friend's place, we jam out. But I just started bringing them out to um, parties that I started with two of my friends because it was low pressure. You know, like you can kind That's of do, yeah, yeah. do different techniques. Like it's okay if you don't mix. And, you know, we had... Uh, CDJs and turntables so mm-hmm. I would you know throw a record in and then you know go right back to digital mm-hmm. but get that practice of you know having to just listen and, yeah, and yeah. match and that's how I mix now I don't ever really mix in my headphones mm-hmm. but over the pandemic I actually pretty much only listened to my records um I, I was just kind of stuck in like digging for new music I was like you know ugh, I'm not playing anywhere I want to get back into my my home listening stuff and you know just playing and practicing um you know, mixing things, I would like do digging, but online for records. Like when I was just, I need an hour break. Mm-hmm. I would just go on mm-hmm. discogs and like sifting through YouTube and order mm-hmm. shit, you know? So it was like, Ooh, what's my nice. little present coming in the mail yeah, <laughs> every couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. It was super nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, just built up my vinyl skills. Like over time, um, I took a workshop, uh, that D digs and Devoy, two fantastic New York DJs and, uh, Devoy is a wonderful producer. You should definitely check out his stuff. Um, 
they did a, again, the first year I was learning a vinyl and CDJ workshop. Dee did CDJs and made a print. I mean, I still have that. It was mm-hmm. so helpful um, through Half Moon BK and Devoid did the vinyl. And we still talk about that. You know, like he's like my, like, I, cool, we go joke. He's like my work husband. Uh, one of my favorite people to, to, to play with and learning from him and um, then just spending time on my own doing it and um, getting to see different, you know, techniques. There's so many people doing vinyl, but uh, I've really come to love that quite a lot. But yeah. that's the thing I don't really have a formal education in. So mm-hmm. you know, just figure it out. And you it was the same thing it. with me. I mean, yeah. I, I learned to DJ. I mean, I learned to DJ pretty early on. I was like 14 or something. Mm. And my friend group, my friend group who lives in New York now. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them do, mm-hmm. right? Um, the the main DJ in our group when we were younger, like in high school. Um, his name is also Kyle, mm-hmm. and he's in New York, works at Apple now, Word. doing big things. Word. Um, but he and another friend of mine named uh, Tevin started uh-huh. this sort of like like group, like that was the thing, mm-hmm. you know. And we all but I feel like that was a trend back in like when, was we, a trend were, when really... we were in high school, like around third form to yeah, fifth yeah. form. A lot of people were not even DJing on CDJs, but just on um, virtual DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just cool. virtual DJ, yeah. and it was cool. a thing. And that's how it started. And we were all like. Um, yeah, 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 like we, we just go home, download it, it's free, and then practice, and then we mm. come to school and like play like transitions basically for yeah. each other. Because in the Caribbean, um, the music we listen to is uh, soca and dancehall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd call that like our uh, big genres, and then our like dancehall is done on, on rhythms. I don't know if you're familiar, but mm-hmm. it would be like one instrumental, which would be the mm-hmm. rhythm, and then it would be like six tracks that artists would jump on, would be separate songs. Word. And how the DJ would go is that because it's the same instrumental, mm-hmm. then it flows pretty seamlessly mm-hmm. one into the other so it would just be like one long song effectively cool. Very right cool. so that's how you like yeah so that's how i learned how to dj basically mm. and i always did it and i have to say that it was like yeah it was something that always drew me but i have that but those guys that were doing it they lived in the same neighborhood that was kind of far from mine mm-hmm. so i was kind of never like could be like included too much because we were like young so like we had cars and stuff to go yeah. you know yeah. and that fizzled out you know they fell out they got in a fight and then there's a whole thing and whatever, whatever. I mean we're all cool now but just like dumb teenage stuff mm-hmm. and I always kept the skills and so then I'd always make the mixes for like sports day you know like yeah, the cheerleaders cool. or whatever and, they, <laughs> and like and then I went to a, a girls school for the last two years of high school uh-huh. um, the convent opposite uh, my school would accept like five boys or so like every yeah, mm-hmm. and my sisters went to that school. Um, well, they were younger. That just sounded like they were older. But yeah, one of them was going to that school at the time, mm-hmm. and it, it's the best school in the Caribbean. Um, so it was a good decision academically. And um, so yeah, the girls would always come. So then the girls have a lot more dance stuff going mm-hmm. on, or events that have dance. So then I was always getting approached by like <laughs> yeah. groups of girls that not necessarily want the DJ, but they need the mix, uh-huh. and then they need the mix to practice, and then they need to make the changes because the moves need to sync with the, you know. Yeah. So then yeah. I, I kind of that kind of gave me like a crash course and like transitions that sound good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then with dance routines, you know, a lot of it is sudden. Some of it mm-hmm. is like, smooth, oh yeah. Some of it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. That's how I kept my skills sharp, I guess. And then when I went to university and I kind of, I think I was always into electronic music or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it didn't really touch me until like um, 
I was in university okay. and then I was like, holy shit, you know, and then right. I, I went into that and then I started um, making mixes and then I started DJing. But and that's how it kind of was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wanted to mix vinyl because I always thought that that was like the ultimate form of DJing. I thought that was like, mm-hmm. you know, the OG DJ mm-hmm. mixed like records. Mm-hmm. And I never had an opportunity to do that until I came to Berlin. And I also bought records. I remember my girlfriend at the time bought my first record in like 2017 or something. Do you remember and what it was? It was Max Chapman La Fiesta. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it was kind of following. It's on, it came out during like the EDM um, mm-hmm. hype, even though this, this is not really like an EDM track, but this was like a tech house track back when tech house was kind of like now peaking you know mm-hmm. um well you know like this uk tech house sound that was like popular like a couple of years back and there was this one song that came out and it wasn't too like i don't know it just sound i don't know if it's the sample they use it was a colombian sample on it mm-hmm. and um it just sound i remember saying i used to say this song sounds like it could be like it should be on vinyl and mm-hmm. i feel like i want this song on vinyl i remember i said this out loud and my girlfriend was very attentive <laughs> went and got me the record from that's the great, cool. and, and that was like my first ever like uh, uh record yeah and i had and i kept growing this collection for some time and i never played it i had no idea how it worked you know i just mm-hmm. bought the records and had them there yeah. and only very recently i was able to bring them here actually right yeah um, i'm sure the I shipping went is like because traveling with records is, yeah, yeah. Mm, it's it's but it's it's worth it sometimes. Uh, this friend of mine, Felix, his friend, was um, traveling with his vinyl suitcase, mm-hmm. and some lady he met at the airport was like, "Can I oh, see yes, your record?" Oh yes, the story. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear. And it. she goes through his records, and she's like super impressed, and she's like, "And this guy is new to DJing, right? Mm-hmm. He just got into just from vinyl from scratch and I think he's never really done a big party or anything maybe like a few little gigs mm-hmm. and she's digging through and she's like oh you have some good stuff here have you ever thought about DJing at Berkheim oh my god my man got a gig for Berkheim by traveling with his records wow. so you might want to think about booking that extra damn I'm just going to walk KG's. around Berlin airport like hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying the vinyl culture is such a it's like a yeah. whole thing yeah. it's such a uh, yeah. like it's an iconic look and then also like I mean I'm not one to be like like, you know, it sounds way better or whatever. Hey, but I, mean, like, I can't go too deep into the... I can't go... D- com- Look, respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am... I don't know. Maybe that's my Libra personality, but I'm just like, oh, you know, I see all the sides. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sometimes it is a challenge. I don't like playing records everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to deal with, you know, the technical issues. And there's a lot that I've been learning continuously, like, mm-hmm. through the errors, you know. And that's another thing, I think, with, with DJing that... I keep making this like tennis analogy, but I really had this like weird breakthrough like six months ago. I was like, oh, there's so much correlation between (laughs) tennis and DJing. Like sometimes you will fail. You will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You lose. Maybe you should have won. Maybe you know how to, you've made this transit and you just train wreck it. You know, it's like, oh, something happened. It's okay. What do you do? You have to keep going. You know, I've made mistakes before. I've lost matches mm-hmm. before. You have the heartbreak or and you, know, all you eyes don't on play you. your best. It's yeah. all your fault. But you it's know? like, you know how to deal with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to be very, so hard on myself, yeah. especially with like the technical issues. Like people would be like, oh, I loved your son. I was like, oh, but that one, you know, and like, yeah. no one, but there's, people but there's don't, always, either people don't care about that or that will take away from their experience. Or they, they're like, okay, you know, it makes you a little bit more human. Like everybody's been there. And exactly. I also, I mean, it's in tennis, but also I remember a lot from like music lessons and stuff. Uh-huh. 
I had a um a teacher because I was as soon as I made a mistake I would get frustrated and then the rest of the song would be you know yep. kind of wonky like and making stuff. a mix so and like, yeah, it's yeah, trash, yeah, yeah, it's trash that's <laughs> what and then she's like just focus on the next note like mm. just focus on the next word just focus on the next syllable yeah you're gonna make a mistake on this one but you know there's another word after that word Right. Just focus on that one. That's a great perspective. Yeah. 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 And the same thing happened, like exactly what you said, when you're making a mix or something or, you know, when you're playing a live or, or, or what what uh, that just made me think of is so I just posted my first like live uh, set that included vinyl. Right. Mm-hmm. So I started making, not making, I started uh, playing vinyl about uh, less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's still counting in months. But I worked very hard at it. Mm-hmm. I practiced a lot. I spent all my money and bought turntables so I could practice without having to depend on my very uh, kind mentor. Shout out to Joe for showing me how to mix records for absolutely no reason mm-hmm. other than the love of music, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, I worked very hard at it. And then eventually I got my first gig in April. And I said... Um, <laughs> Give me turntables. I said, give me two turntables and two CDJs. They're all big boy DJ now, you know. <laughs> and then I went and it was absolutely terrifying. I've never worked so hard, during, you know, because if you go, oh, you, you're you, working. you play it's digital like, not, and it's like, yeah. you know what the next song is? You're dancing. You're basically just play it. You're dancing to yeah. your own party, basically. Yeah. But when you're playing records, you're working the whole time, mm-hmm. 100%. And then this four deck thing, I mean, I've been DJing a long time, so I mean, you understand all the, you know, you, you're hearing the mistakes and how to fix them. But when you're doing this, you know, twice as much as, you know, in terms of beat matching and selection and whatever, you know, plus the technical issues of like turntables, turntables shut off in this gig. You know what I mean? I mean, that gig in April at Klunkokranich was amazing. I had the worst time. But I had the best well. time. <laughs> I mean, everybody and everybody's oh, you're so. Then this was a lot of my friends, like who have known me in Berlin, but mm-hmm. they've never seen me play. So this was also Kyle's first gig in a lot yeah. of ways for my friends as well. Yeah. So they came, really came out, really had a good time, and and it did. It it went really really well, right? But they were all like, oh, dude, you're serious the whole time, and I'm like, yeah, honestly, like hard. I was not having fun. I didn't have fun <laughs> until like the last hour mm-hmm. when like. It's just I had hours of evidence behind me saying yeah. that you can do this yeah. so right. you can relax. You know right. what I mean? So that's right. the only yeah. time when I actually started to chill. Because yeah. like when I started to do it, it was just pressure. And then I forgot. I mean, I also haven't DJed for like a, a public crowd. in. Mm-hmm. For, and then also, I don't know about you, but when your friend's in the crowd, it's even more pressure. Mm. You know, at least sometimes. You for know? me, my friends help me. To yeah. that, you know, because I'm like, I look up and I'm like, okay. I see friendly faces. My friends are dancing. You know, like that makes me feel more comfortable. At more home. comfortable. I yeah. Like, I think if it's other DJs that I know but I'm not really close to, that's when I feel kind of okay, okay. You know, where okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, can, oh yeah, because you know your yeah. friends that they don't have the technical know-how to know that. Or they you do, up. but like they're they kind. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like they're not gonna be like, you're <laughs> you know, some stranger is gonna be like, yeah, why do you, why you even play yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it's like people who I who I know but I don't know personally, where I'm like, oh my god, are you gonna think I'm like a hundred percent? You know, no, excuse my language. But for that gig, I was just like, because it was my first gig, and I think there was a lot of pressure too because. A lot of these people, I actually not a lot of these people, all these people 
who are here now in Tulinjimile, even though I do know her from Trinidad, they only know me in a context of being in Berlin as a DJ mm-hmm. and spent two years or whatever COVID was yeah. with me not playing any gigs and yeah. not DJing, right? Yeah. So then it's finally time for Kyle to yeah, DJ. Yeah, it's Kyle's and, debut after and, er- and everybody's like... The DJ who came and has not been DJing. <laughs> <laughs> the DJ who came to Berlin to DJ but and hasn't been DJing been. for two years. And they're like, okay, well, I mean, Kyle's a DJ, so let's see what yeah. you do. Yeah, totally. So, it was totally. a like it was a whole other dimension of pressure yeah. that I didn't even think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I I went and it went well, but I was nervous in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there, yeah, things were sloppy in the beginning. I was mega nervous, and you know what I mean. And oh, eventually, yeah. it panned out. It was absolutely fine, right? Yeah. It went so well, and nobody knew the difference, right? right? And I recorded the whole thing, and out of the four hours, I chose like the opening hour or something because I think that's the one where I played well the records I like the most, mm-hmm. right? And then I think the most records, um, like right. together, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, and I put it up online, and it it was a good mix. It was a it, it was a really good mix. Mm-hmm. But it was sloppy in the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't too sloppy, but yeah. I, I could hear myself not doing desperately. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Totally. And when I sent this to my... So my friends back home don't have access to vinyl and vinyl culture. Mm-hmm. So me playing like me playing on wax is a big deal for them, I think. Because they're, yeah. they're kind of like, holy shit, guys playing records. You know what I mean? And when I tell them that this is my, uh, this is my set, my, my live set, you know, and... I mean, of course, I am very critical of of my mixes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could hear mistakes, but for the most part, everybody goes, ah, I didn't notice, I don't care. But I did send it to... Um, well, I sent it to my friends, obviously, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and some some of whom are, are DJs. And one of them, he wasn't being critical, but I was just explaining to him exactly what I'm telling you now. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, like, yeah, I noticed a couple, like, rough transitions. But then after a while, I didn't even, I didn't notice anything. You right. know what I mean? Right. And I listened back to it, now I hear it. And I would have never put a mix like that up, mm-hmm. like, publish it and said, like, this is my mix. Mm-hmm. I would have never done it because... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And it was another big jump for me personally. Oh, yeah. To put out something that's not perfect. To put out something that's not perfect. And and at the end of the day, just just be like, you know what? Like, that's what it is. It was a really good gig. Yeah. I'm human. And people had a good time. People had a good time. Like, that's less important. People had a good time. Mm -hmm. And also, exactly what you said, like, people are human. It kind of made the mix Mm -hmm. a little human. You know what I mean? And and it's something that all artists struggle with. eh? Like, there's so many, like, filmmakers that talk about a movie is never actually done and it actually breaks their heart to Mm. put out a movie because it's not done yeah but we're watching the movie and we're fascinated by it and we don't even notice the little things or we or we notice other things that we would have done differently Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know and with djing it's a bit more objective if you have a hard transition it's yeah like a not not good transition yeah yeah it's a little obvious yeah yeah because there's no subjectivity to that right right but still but still, like that, it's a, it's a putting thing. out something that's not perfect yeah. is something that all artists yeah. have to learn yeah. to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was a big step for me. And I mean, it, I mean, once I published it, there was no like mm-hmm. taking it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I thought, it's you know, yeah. I, there's no... Because my, my, my knee-jerk reaction was like, this shouldn't be up. You know, like I heard mm-hmm. it. And I was like, you know, like this is, this is up. This is public. Like people can listen to this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then also... But then also you go out, you know, you hear DJs making mistakes. And, you know, in the yeah. beginning, mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, of course, in the beginning, you're like, 
hmm, what's that, Mr. DJ? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then after a while, you're like, especially you're with vinyl. You're more compassionate. Especially yeah. with vinyl, especially when you're playing records, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, <laughs> not trying to be an asshole, but like if you're playing digital, there's a lot going on to help you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and, there are certain mistakes that just shouldn't happen if you're mm-hmm. DJing on digital, in my opinion, if I'm being, you know, yeah. just honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? As like someone who's uh, who takes DJing seriously as an art form, because of course you will find people who say like none of that matters. It's all just song selection. But my opinion is if it's just song selection, then you could Anybody just could be a, you could just play a upload your playlist and that's what I'm saying. Right. Then yeah. you, should be, you should be a playlister, you right, know what I mean? Yeah. Because then that's when selection yeah. just counts. But Music if you're mixing, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. If you're mixing, then, then mixing counts. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Transitions count. Yeah. But the point is, is that like, yeah, you really being comfortable with putting out something that's not perfect and yeah. being comfortable yeah. that's saying mm-hmm. that this is, me like mm-hmm. that was on a the big way. leap for yeah. me you know as well. what I mean? yeah it was yeah. oh i remember i did this my fir- very first hot radio show um i was super nervous and i ended up getting invited to do it the night before because uh the party that we were going to do the next day it was the two out of town djs who were supposed to do it together but one had a travel conflict so i was like okay mm-hmm. play a b2b with someone who you've never met before don't know i'm like what do you want to play? You know, I'm like, I can do anything. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, long story short, it was actually a great show, but I made one, I had one bad transit and mm-hmm. I, I literally never listened to it. Like <laughs> I should have been excited. I was so yeah, proud, yeah, you know, yeah. to do a lot of radio. I've been, you know, watching so many streams mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be filmed, you yeah, know, yeah. too. So that's a whole yeah, other element a whole where other a lot dimension. of people are not yeah, yeah. comfortable being on camera and yeah. I totally get that. It's well, just that's, kinda, the, that's the also the whole it, performance aspect of DJing, right? You said right. you like to be the man behind the curtain. A lot of times, yeah. yeah like, yeah. Or, or... But that's... I mean, people unestimate that But it's that being recorded too. It's not just you're being seen, yeah. but you're being recorded. Yeah, yeah. So people could watch this mistake. People could watch over, and over, over. 100%, you know? And it goes up and it's like, there's no, you know, going back. And I remember just being like, oh my God. You know, and at the end of the day, like... I have to just kind of get over that because my friend was like, it was great. People in the chat were like, these are great, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, there are different ways to look at a lot of different things. But at the same time, like one performance, one bad mistake, it doesn't mean you you shit, you know, like you're, and it's better to to have something out there than to not have it out there. Right. And you have to, good is better than done yourself and you can hear the growth over time Mm -hmm. too. Like that's one thing I appreciate about my friends coming because, you know, people have said like, I can really see, you know, yeah. the growth yeah, or the influence of like this or that. And that's really cool. And I, I definitely appreciate that. But it can be really hard to let something out in the world. But at the same time, like you said, putting it out there mm. is what helps people. I mean, know, I get, haven't get put out. I've, sense I've been stolen. I've been stolen putting out something for like six months now. And it's not even to say I haven't recorded anything. Mm-hmm. You record it. I record it, it, hate it, it dump it. You know, and it's bit me in the ass because there's been a few times where people have asked for my SoundCloud just from hearing me play, or people have asked for a link to some up to one of my mix mm-hmm. in order to get a gig, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't have anything to give you. I'm yeah, sorry. and that can and be hard yeah. too because like my tastes have sort of shifted; they evolve over yeah. time. You grow as an artist, right? So sometimes it's like that was a great mix, but it doesn't really reflect mm-hmm. what I like well, to play I'm now. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen people have issues with like boiler rooms for example mm-hmm. where you know maybe a, a promoter or platform will use an old boiler room because they're like that is from like five years ago and it's not 
you know, what mm-hmm. I play or how I even, you know, DJ now or it doesn't represent me as an artist. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, the digital archive can be tough and that was uh, a big a mind yeah. block for me. Like, well, what, you know, if, yeah. and like, if I play this track, then I can never play it again because people yeah, be like, yeah, oh, that you play too, that in your mind. I kind of like that. I hate it because I hate like, that. Yeah. First of all, record, I spent so much I'm, money on this record. I'm going to play this many times. You know, I need to play it. You're going to hear it. It's bomb. Yeah, yeah. I need to play it one track it's about this track combined with this track is very exactly. different than when I combine exactly. it with this other track exactly. so you need to exactly. listen to this it's in all the combinations moods. that exactly. I've come up with yeah like. because tracks are different in context yeah. you right. know what I mean and that is so hard that's so hard but again who's saying that if I hear a mix of yours and then I go see a live show of yours and I hear you play a track that I've already heard you play that means it's bad like yeah. who yeah, made yeah. that definition exactly. you know I'm like exactly. why do I even think that who cares it's good if I'm playing it I really like it it's good and I hope yeah. I enjoy it, it. Yeah, and yeah. to the performance element uh, I found that there is a fun like I like to mm-hmm. getting back to the whole like there's like two different threads let's, <laughs> let's see if I can combine them <laughs> there's a point you made about um, DJ sets and if, if you're having like fun while you're mm-hmm. doing it and that became a goal of mine over time like I at the end of the day I just want to mm-hmm. enjoy myself and then the you performance know? happens automatically right yeah and like people can really see like I get told a lot like you have such amazing like energy or you know it seems like you're having a really good time yeah you did you look yeah. like you're having so much I fun know why I have to say that's literally what it is she was having such a good time she was having a fun time than me and I was like I was having the time of my life that body language show was one of my favorite sets and parties I've ever played it was so fun and I really felt like here especially I just leaned into everything I really like but I went a little you know harder without being like inaccessible Mm -hmm. you know don't just play hard because you're in Berlin but like the party itself is like sensual and sexy Mm. but like gritty and like a little raunchy you know so like that can be dark and crunchy but it should be work because it's like what you really like and it's you like this is stuff i really like yeah, yeah. yeah and a, a lot of new stuff i've been digging on my travels this summer and i'm just like the sound system was so incredible and the crowd was fantastic and every it's just it was so fun and i love when people can see me having a good time too mm-hmm. not to say you know there's some <laughs> there are definitely some like pictures i got from a uh like little mini festival I played called Fourth World in New York where it's like, oh, she's focused. Like all the pictures of me just serious faces. I'm playing a lot of records. I'm like, this shit is hard. And, you know, I only have an hour. <laughs> There's a lot of people exactly. here. This is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm in it. Yeah. But you can also see me really enjoying myself or like, ooh, when I get the, when yeah, I get a yeah. mix, I'm like, bitch, that was killing. You know, that was, ooh, you got to hype yourself up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I also, it's, it's all of the elements. Like mm-hmm. I... Um, like to have like longer braids or you know have my hair kind of out so you know when I'm whipping my hair around you can mm-hmm. see it and it translates yeah, from yeah. far even yeah. through the fog the smoke like maybe you can't see my face but you can see like my arms your body up or whatever. yeah exactly yeah, your energy comes across mm-hmm. exactly. and that was really um a, a really fun element of probably the biggest show I've ever played which was at Knockdown Center um in in February I was playing with Moody Man and Mr. G oh was wow live it was crazy like the anxiety I had leading up to that show, I thought about it every day for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because, I mean, they're both legends. And it was the three of us. Rose Quartz, oh. Moody Man, Mr. G live. Playing in New York That's for nuts. the first time in like a decade. That's like, nuts. And they picked me to do it. It was crazy. Nice. And it That's was a nuts. sold out show, over a thousand people in this huge room, big light, like the production value. It was 
I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, what am I going to do? Um, and shout out to my therapist. I talked to her for like, you know, half an hour the night before I talked to my mom and I just got all my fears and anxieties and my affirmation that kept coming back to is have everything I need. Mm-hmm. And I want to pass that along because I think yeah, that's yeah. really important yeah, yeah. to share. Like you have everything you need. You, you are here for a reason. You have the skills, you've done the work, you have the records, like, you know what you're doing. Just believe in yourself, but have a good time. Yeah, I was yeah. like, no matter what, I just want to enjoy myself because mm-hmm. this is a, this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. this is fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's legendary. Congratulations. Yeah. That's crazy. That's do. I killed it. And I'm nice. so proud because like, I just, I knew once I settled in, I had like two and a half hours and the energy in this space was incredible. And I was like, this is what I'm addicted to mm-hmm. more than anything. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is what I want to do. It affirmed a lot, but the pictures are really fun because, uh, you can see just elation all over my face. Yeah, like yeah. my hair is flying. My arms, you know, I'm interacting with the crowd. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. And I am so glad that that is, uh, that's like out there, you yeah, know, yeah, because yeah. that's, that's the goal. Like if you're not enjoying it, I think it's easy to get burnt out. It's hard to take care of yourself, especially when you're doing, you know, this constantly, you're always on the road. I mean, I, I look at artists who are on month long tours and every day you're in a different city mm-hmm. yeah. in a different country. If you're headlining, you're playing last. So it's like two, three, four AM. Like that's, that's crazy on yeah, your body. Yeah. So hopefully you're able to enjoy it and playing music can be therapeutic. And if you really play stuff you really like, not what you think anyone else wants to hear or whatever. Like exactly. you can see it when it's like, I'm, this is, this is for me, you yeah. know? So, yeah. you know, I say all that not to say, wow, I'm so amazing. Like give me props. But really like I was super nervous and having my friends there early, I was like, please come at 945. Doors are at 10. Yeah, that's, <laughs> please yeah, get yeah, here. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. it's, it was great because they're all dancers too. Oh my and God, dancers nice. are the best people to have in a party. Yeah, you don't DJ. hang out with me in the booth. You know. I want to see you on the floor because I really feel people's like need that energy idea. and it's it's easy when there's a lot of people. Like Keeney. It's Yeah, yeah it's yeah. harder when you have to kind of generate that on your own. And I played gigs where there were like three people there, you know, and everybody says, you know, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of, that's all part of it, but those people want to be there. So and I they, can't give you less. If, if those you know? three people are jamming, then they we are them. jamming. That's, exactly. that's what it is. Exactly. Especially in like multi-room uh, spaces. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of those in Berlin and they're very yeah, limited yeah. Yeah. in New York where somewhere like Good Room, you're playing in the bad room while the good room's happening. Yeah, people yeah. are going to be taking a break the flowing in between you know mm-hmm. so you have to be comfortable with the ebb and flow and another thing that i think is an interesting learning that i've had is like what makes a party quote unquote successful or an, or an event like great yeah. it's not always how many people are there yeah. you know sometimes a really packed party is not fun yeah, <laughs> for yeah. that reason you know so what are all the elements that make your party great and i'm curious to ask you two if i can the same question like maybe some misconceptions or things that you've challenged, like assumptions or just things that have changed yeah. um, about what makes something, you know, an event really yeah. successful here. For me, a big part of it, which is something that I found in Berlin a lot, is a sense of community. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, you know, when you go into a party and you know these are people that are, you these know, are your the, people. these are your people, mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I mean, your crowd for sure, 100%. But also when you go to parties that are like, they've been throwing these parties for year after year after year. And you know that these people have been coming to these exact, this same party and they kind of know each other a little bit. I mean, one example is the homies parties, right? Like I really like their vibe of music. I like that it's not techno and house, but 
it has techno and house, but also very, you know, a lot of black influence. It's more about hip hop and mm. having a safe hip hop space for females and the LGBTQ community. That's great. And um, yeah, you could, you know, the DJs are, are good, but the sense of community is what makes that party really good. Mm. The sense of, you know, everybody feels comfortable with each other and everybody, yes. people have seen each other before at other parties and yeah. that kind of thing, you know, that yeah. familiarity. Yeah. And yeah. you could see it in their artwork too. Just yeah. like how the way they address their people. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course she's she's so good. Um what's what's her name? Meg um Gizem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Meg? Meg Tan is her IG handle. Mm-hmm. Gizem yeah, is yeah. her name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just the way she talks and just yeah, yeah. she promotes mm-hmm. the parties. Mm-hmm. She talks like I don't know, she's talking to like her friends. The girl squad. Yeah. Like they yeah. had a good Friday night last week and yeah. then yeah. she's like, We're coming to do it again, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's really and cute. Yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. and the same thing. And I, I come from a promoter background, so I, I um, I've been I've been throwing parties kind of kind of my whole life. And then uh, Trinidad Trinidad and Tobago is not really the place for electronic music. So <clears throat> after I had the worst gig of my life, which is also the biggest gig I've ever had, okay, which is a whole story in itself. But after that gig, I told myself I have to have a I have to have my own space to express myself the way I want to mm-hmm. in front of a crowd that also appreciates it and mm-hmm. also really enjoys yes. the music. Yeah. And I started doing this event with Carly, um, uh, my my um, my partner, um, my events partner, and she also comes from an events background. Um, but um, I think both of us came from yeah the usual Caribbean genres mm-hmm. kind of thing and then mm-hmm. both of us uh like like electronic music and then we said yeah we're gonna we're gonna do this and we did it in 2017 mm-hmm. i did march 2017 because that was my birthday month and i was just like definitely gonna do a party like my birthday month like whatever and it was just following my horrible gig that i'll tell you about after um but basically, we did this party, and the first month it kind of hit, and I like it hit in the sense that like people actually showed up for this thing, which was not something that like an electronic party mm-hmm. easily did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, electronic music, big, big no no in Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, especially yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was dancehall soca. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. hip hop, but everything yeah. else was like if you were doing why are you electronic listening to party? music, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. were doing something like wild like that, you had to bring a famous DJ yeah. and people come in to yeah. CNBC. When you went then. like they, they for them like they started to get edgy and listen to electronic music when they started to listen to Major Lisa and Yeah, Calvin yeah, and Harris. that's what it was. Like, that was them it. going outside their comfort zone, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And even still then they didn't even like the music, but they heard yeah. that like Major Lisa was bringing Right. Yeah. Uh, and Major Lisa is a Trinidadian and that's like right. yeah. the only Sometimes reason that it was a whole thing. I told you all about this. Now you like it. Man, you are preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> right because yeah but yeah we threw this party and it went well and i think it went well because um we had people who that came who really cared about it you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. and it wasn't like uh girls come in because they're getting in free which is like very big in Trinidad. you know what mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't like a, a like a shallow party concept in that regard you know mm-hmm. what i mean like there were people who like like big DJs in Trinidad who showed up and like came to the door and wanted to just walk inside mm-hmm. and we were like I mean it's just like $60 or whatever like, yeah. and it's Supports. a small party and just support mm-hmm. the scene mm-hmm. and they wanted to make a big scene and be like you know who I am blah, blah. and I was like I don't care who you are you come to this party and everybody right. here is like right. is on a certain level like don't bring like don't bring your ego leave your ego at the door exactly. and it was like 
Amazing. And yeah. that vibe, just having people that were there who actually cared about it, that mm-hmm. community, that yeah. actually like really made the party successful. Yeah. Yes. And I'm so happy that Carly was able to continue doing it after COVID, like still do it now in That's Trinidad. Great. And, yeah. you know, it, it's actually grown and it was a big deal. It was my, it was my, my baby. If you, and I got my cousin to come. Uh, my cousin is the best photographer in Trinidad. And, but he's more like a nature photographer, does mm-hmm. a lot of like Caribbean lifestyle photography. Um, lots of nature and uh, yeah, things that reflect uh, the Caribbean lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do events because he thinks, uh, well, he just does new events. It's not his thing. And events photography in Trinidad is also very like uh, posy, like uh, three mm-hmm. hot girls. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? yeah. yeah. And then it's like in a club and we're all dolled up and you know what I mean? Right, right. And With your drink in your hand. Bottle service. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, listen, I mean, and he just got it. He just, he just knew immediately. I was like, yeah, you, you know the time in. I want you to come and capture people having fun. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an underground vibe. Like, I don't want any posy posy. Of course, like if you see friends and people and they want to smile and take a picture, sure, of course, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we are here to show people having a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he absolutely nailed it, you know? And, it, it, and I think the combination of him really putting his passion because he likes the music too. That was the other thing. He was like, he's actually one of the few people that appreciates the music. So he was like, I'll definitely come. I'm on board. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he came and uh, shouts to Brendan, Brendan Delzin. Mm. And he came and absolutely nailed the concept. And I think that was able to bridge the gap between those who weren't interested in the music, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and the event. Because I think they saw the pictures, they saw people having fun and it's really good photography. And they were like, oh, this looks really mm. cool, you know, and mm-hmm. these pictures are not like pictures we've seen before in other parties. Right. What is this space? What is this? Nobody's you know posing. I mean? right. Nobody's, Nobody's posing. Everybody looks yeah. genuine, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's the genuine nature, I think. Yeah. Is, that's yeah. what's so yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, like, that's what I'm personally attracted mm. to. And it can be hard to sometimes like maintain or feel comfortable leaning into you, what your genuine self is and yeah. forgetting all the Or even understanding and knowing what it is. Like it takes yeah. time to yeah. even get to know, okay, what am I genuinely, mm-hmm. who am I genuinely and what am I right. genuinely and and that kind of, yeah. When you're DJing, that's kind that's of the question you're saying question. because the music yeah. you're playing, are you playing because yeah. you're in a certain space? Exactly. Are you playing, certain, are you playing yeah. like Or are you playing you, because it excites you? Know? you? Yeah. Right. And like, like what, what do you really like yeah. over time, especially with yeah. like vinyl? Like I can exactly. see the mm. early picks versus mm. like the stuff I'm really yeah, leaning yeah. into yeah. and like what I'm putting back and what I'm like, oh, yes, this mm-hmm. feels like me. Yeah. And where I'm like, OK, now I want to make my own yeah. kind of stuff, you know, yeah. or what, what really, really resonates. Yeah. But feeling comfortable playing what you really like is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pandemic helped push that forward mm-hmm. because I started doing um, another uh, party with two of my friends. Um, I'd started one um, pre-pandemic and both of them allow me to play what I want. Yeah. You know, it's a comfortable environment to really like non even club music, but stuff that should be played loudly, in my opinion, because it's fun. It has a lot of those elements of electronic music I really like, but maybe it's, you know, like um, the first record I ever bought was actually Grimes. Uh, really? Her, I think it's, what is the record called? Visions, I think. It's uh, got this gorgeous like cover that she does like all like the cover art. Okay. And it's got like a big kind of skull with like all these weird 
like things in the back. I'll have to pull up a, a picture and show y'all. But I went to a Grimes show um, in like 2013 or 14, uh, and it was amazing. And I bought the record, and uh, that is one that still makes it into my set. We could play that yeah. as you close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that we, that we did that. Hell yeah, we have the let's upper do it. Okay, perfect. That. We could close I'm gonna say that. closing yeah. record. Um, Circumnambient yeah. by Grimes is an mm-hmm. incredible uh, uh, song in mm-hmm. general. It's yeah. just, it's. Ooh, it just really gets mm-hmm. me. And there, there are parties where I'm like, that, that's appropriate to play. I, I think that like when you also like, not only is it difficult to in, in certain like circles to try and stay true to who you are, as cheesy as that sounds, but in a sonic sense, like when you're playing for the people, mm-hmm. you know, and really putting yourself mm-hmm. on those, you know, turntables for the people to enjoy because sometimes <laughs> it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes totally. just like you as a person not everybody likes you that much you know right what I mean? yeah, right so the yeah. thing is like it, but it's also empowering when you do do it yes. you know mm-hmm. because even though even if the crowd is not necessarily feeling i mean it's different in different circumstances mm-hmm. but that authenticity yes. comes across it does. when you're playing and in your body language and everything mm-hmm. yes and the other day i played um, and it's infectious yeah and it's infectious yeah. and you have to stand in there's, it. there's you know, a lot like, of times like where it, you yeah know? and there's a lot of times where there's tracks where i'm like if i had just heard this track i may not have been into it as much as me seeing you play this track and enjoying yeah, yeah. this track so yeah. much like the way that you're reacting to this track yeah, like, that yeah, was yeah. Yeah. Me, like that, convincing that, me that mirror neurons are fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh this is good yeah, yeah. 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 you are exactly. right you're right yeah. <laughs> exactly and it, yeah. it happened that I, I played this gig the other day at, at Soho House um, here in Berlin and, and I went up and there was a little miscommunication with the, the technical aspect so they only had um, room on the table on the rooftop for uh, either two CDJs and a turntable or two turntables and a CDJ mm-hmm. and what'd you pick? yeah and I was like which one because obviously like you start off playing digitally or at least I started off playing digitally for so long that when you trans like when you when you when you transfer to then playing like records and stuff it's kind of I mean, yeah, I'm not jumping to be a vinyl-only DJ. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's particularly any, uh, 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 like, musical value in that. But um, uh, obviously, when you move, it's easier to have the CDJs around as, like, a safety net kind totally. of. Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then also, I have a lot of my library, like, in digital form, right? Totally. And the night before, I played at, uh, at a, a Klokokranich gig with um, Joanna, and... Um, with some technical issues, I ended up playing a lot of more digital things rather than records. Mm-hmm. So this time, this was the day after, I said, okay, I want to do the reverse because I have a lot of records I didn't get to play last night. Mm-hmm. I want to, And it was a long gig. It was like five hours or something. Word. Um, and there was absolutely nobody on the rooftop, right? <laughs> like, it was just like, a lot, I was playing for people eating like it was like a cooperative kind of vibe no i mean no it was just it was on the rooftop and there was nobody really there and there was just people the rooftop is where they ref they have have a restaurant and the Mm -hmm. pool Mm -hmm. so it's like a lady came and swam like some (laughs) people were eating yeah people were drinking yeah but nobody's was no nobody was in front of me you know what i mean it was just like i was literally turning around you know yeah at some point i was like you know what i will eat some food and i got like (laughs) some sushi and i remember like me i was like playing a record and then sit down like on the edge of the pool because it's behind me Mm-hmm. And I'm eating record and I'm eating sushi. And there's a guy like opposite me in the restaurant. He's eating too. And he's like yeah. jamming. And both of us were jamming. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. My mouth is full. You know what I mean? But like, 
I played like for nobody for so long. So they, what happened is I ended up committing personally. I said, uh -huh. there's nobody here. I'm going to commit to vinyl only, right? Yep. Which I've never done, Hell right? Yeah. At least for this long, yeah. right? Um, for like an actual gig, right? So it was, it was a big deal for me. And mm -hmm. then I was playing for hours by myself. Yeah. And then when people did start to show up because a, a performer, Goya Gumbani, was in from, I think he's also from New York, mm -hmm. um, and was in London and was passing through Berlin. And he was passing through for like an hour or so. So he kind of um, had his section um, for the rooftop. And I think a lot of people then came up from well, whoever, people mm -hmm. showed up for him, right? Mm -hmm. And that really filled up the rooftop. And then nice. I had then an hour and a half or something uh -huh. to continue playing after he finished his performance. And then I would have a rooftop full of people. And I was a little nervous, I have to say, you know what I mean? Because I was kind of like, as I see people showing up, it, and, you know, I feel like sometimes, I don't know, maybe I haven't been gigging that long in Berlin, but, like, I don't know, the butterflies kind of never mm -hmm. went away from me. I think mm -hmm. I'm nervous for every set, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think that that's normal. Yeah, that's, I, I remember even when we went to, um, we went to where you, you played vinyl at this pink... The place in yeah, 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 the open it. decks. At, it's just like Humboldt an open time. deck, very, very chill, very casual. Uh -huh. Nobody's really paying too much attention to yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah, it's literally it's, like it's, open it's, decks and ping pong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went there to, you know, support and just have a little practice session. And, and I think even then you were I'm like, so nervous. I'm nervous you said time. you were nervous. And it kind of gave me a sense of security in that, okay, if Kyle gets nervous, mm. then it's I fine that I get, like it actually I helps I feel the same, you know, you see these, you know, DJs who you really respect, admire, like not play flawless effort yeah six hours every time and yeah. like it reminds you like it's okay yeah, like yeah, yeah. you will be at this level yeah, yeah. and still make mistakes yeah. Yeah, yeah. and no one will care yeah, you know yeah. they're yeah. just happy and it's like you know you get through it so yeah, a lot yeah. of DJing I think is like how do you get out of an error yeah. or like yeah. just don't sit in it and make yeah. it so obvious and the thing is I was playing for so long and I was so warm and then just the sight of this rooftop being full after me playing for an empty rooftop made me nervous <laughs> and then I started off and I was like okay, shit, well, this is like the real set because I'm yeah. playing for people now, you know? Yeah. I mean, granted, they, I mean, whatever. So I'm playing for people now and I'm nervous. And then I think I started to play the part because I think people started to like come by the booth and mm -hmm. like look at the vinyl like and some people like staff started mm -hmm. to come and introduce themselves and say yeah. oh it's really cool that you're playing vinyl like yeah. we don't really have them in vinyl yeah. uh -huh. so I start so I, I start to play the part because I mean I do know what I'm doing I know I know what I'm doing yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and I, I just have like you have to right. snap out of it yeah, and right. then I start Act to confidence and no one will question yeah, yeah. Make and it, then you I know? have yeah. to I start to play these records and then of course all, I love all these records and then I start to out of like trying to shake the nerves mm -hmm. start to like vibe a little more yeah. and then I mean mm -hmm. it's not hard I love this music yeah. and then I like start to vibe some more and then I find everything just starts to flow better. I'm yes. vibing more. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, before I play the record, I'm beat matching my headphones. All of a sudden, the beat matching time in my headphones has gone down to like nothing. You know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I'm beat matching like nothing. All of a sudden, I'm bringing yeah. in the record when mm -hmm. it's not even like fully beat matched. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'll nudge it okay. while it's live because yeah. it's fine. Yeah. You yeah. know, and all of a sudden, my confidence was like, yeah. you know, just was like tenfold what it was when yeah. it was like an empty rooftop when I was just playing by myself and I mean I was vibing but like it was a quiet vibe you yeah, know what I mean right, so right. I feel like then being able to be yourself mm, and yes. like 
you know, mm-hmm. lean into that. Yes. And in it comes terms back of an art form. Yes. It comes like, back to what she was saying with um you have everything you need. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. kind of this real You have to remind yourself. Have you have to remind yourself. You I'm do. here for a reason, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's what I tell myself too. I'm like, listen, you can't like you can't act like you haven't been doing this for a long time. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And like who you have been gonna be your biggest fan but you. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta believe in yourself exactly. more than anything. Mm. Someone asked me that. They're like, Are you your biggest fan? And this was like and early it feels kind of cocky to say it so. but yeah yeah but, but you have to I was like yeah to. but early on I was like actually no yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. people are other people are more excited at times than about mm. me DJing you know when I'm like very critical and I'm like oh that was shit you know like mm. I have to be saying. my own champion to the level where you know you don't get consumed by your ego because yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that will it's There's not appealing to There's me in line. general yeah. but it also I think can impact your art yeah not comparing yourself to other people and saying like right. i'm the best but like you exactly, in a vacuum like, yeah. you, you gotta, have to be like you gotta believe in yourself you have to believe it's, in it's yourself just, it's right. just about being self-secure you know yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. like okay even if i do fuck up it doesn't mean that i'm a horrible dj right yeah yeah, yeah. right and exactly. sometimes mm-hmm. like different things you you it's it's really up and down yeah you know like doing this it's it's not easy it's hard yeah. you got your peaks and your valleys like there are sets i can think back to within the last like few months where like eventually i got into it and i was able to relax or like mm. something happened like probably one of the the i was not enjoying myself i was stressed the entire time mm-hmm. similarly to your experience where you're just like oh my gosh this is so stressful uh my usb just failed mm. and started mm. um uh like i had a playlist right you pick a track in there a totally different audio file will play no it's labeled way. the same nothing was right 75 percent of my music library. No not just stuff i added that day but old stuff too and so nothing was the same and i'm you know i've got two minutes i'm like just trying to find something that still feels like it works but nothing is labeled right even if i'm searching all the tracks are wrong and i was just it was so stressful i just was like this is i don't what frustrates me is when i feel like i'm not representing myself well yeah yeah yeah. it's just not cohesive you know and people still had fun people still messaged me after like your set was my favorite you know but i was just like Okay, you sometimes like you gotta let that go, but deep down it's like I know, and I was so frustrated yeah, and it really yeah, sucked because yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh, I just I had such a vision and I wasn't able yeah. to do that, um, yeah. or like uh, I find like pressure from other folks can be challenging. Like mm-hmm. I was playing a festival, and I knew the vibe. Like this is not to be you know, wow, I'm so smart, I know everything, but like. I was paying attention, you mm-hmm. know, I knew you read the room correctly. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been preparing. I talked to people when I got there cause I played a somewhere else the night before. Mm-hmm. So I came in that Saturday. Mm. Um, but it's a vessel I've been to before. It was the first time I played that a lot of my friends were there. And so I was chatting with a lot of people before they're like, we're really excited for your set. We know you're just going to tear it up, whatever. And I heard what the energy was like the day before. So I had an idea of like, people are going to be into it, you know, no matter what, at the level that I'm trying to, yeah. the kind of vibe I want to set. But what really threw me off was one of the um, festival like uh, organizers was telling me her thoughts on mm. the night before and was like, yeah, you know, like usually that night's like more house, but it was like definitely kind of hard. So, you know, like if you could, you know, just like play a little more chill vibes, you know, but like, of course, like do whatever you want. And I was just <laughs> like... Oh, I don't even know what to do now, you know? So I had to just leave and, like, kind of shift a bit. But people were loving the night before. 
And sometimes that's just a, like, you kind of got to know who you're booking and for what. Like, I like to play a lot of different types of sounds and I can lean into different parts of my own taste. But with the sound system, with that, just, I was like, I knew what I kind of wanted to go for. And so it really made my set just, I wasn't quite sure. I just felt unsettled Mm -hmm. for a while until I just decided, because then it was going, you know, well, I guess. Um, and the, the guy running the audio was like, oh, I actually heard from this person. They were like, oh, you know, if you want to like bump it up a little bit, you know, like BPM, just a bit, you know, that's totally cool. And I was like, all right. So like yeah, yeah, literally yeah. what I was going exactly. to do earlier. So I knew what I was talking worked. about. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I knew the people were into it. So at the end of the day, it's like, you got to just trust yourself. Yeah. You have to mm-hmm. do you. You have to know that people should, if you're a promoter, know who you're booking, be yeah. thoughtful about your taste, but at the end of the day, when it's happening... Do what feels you, right. Yeah, but you, you got to just let it happen. Yeah. So the last like hour and a half was so great because I was just like, okay, well, now I'm really mm-hmm. just going to not hold back or feel like I have to kind of build up in a certain way and just being able to free flow. Like I could hear the difference when I listened back to the recording mm-hmm. from the first like 30, 45 minutes up to you know the last over an hour where I was really like, I just hit my stride, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that can be challenging for DJs as well. Mm-hmm. The kind of inputs that you get, not only from maybe your picture of what this was in the past, having attended yeah. it before, yeah. who's coming after, you know, the whole thing should flow together. Yeah. But you also got to remember to do you, you know, if and like read the room appropriately, right? Yeah. Trust your instincts. If you know, you know, if you're playing a quote unquote opening set or it's happy hour at 5 p.m., do you want to, I don't even care about like BPM, like, it's just the, the energy and the vibe. Yeah, yeah. If it is like Gabber at four o'clock, then go for <laughs> it. You know, if that's it, cool. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it isn't always, but you got to do you and trust yourself. And it's easier to do that the more experience you have. Yeah. So that's been something that's been really cool to see, like reinforce, like, okay, I pay attention and I know what's going on uh, enough to where I can kind of hone my sound in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like, at one point, I started having fun. Yeah. When my mate hit and when I started to feel <laughs> like I could really kind of do what I wanted, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to not just stick to, to house music, even though this is more of a housey festival, but I won't go too hard in mm-hmm. a direction that, you know, will be not what people are looking for. And it was great. Yeah. But, you know, it, there's bumps and there's ups and downs and you don't always play what feels like your best set. And, and yeah. You kind of have to be able to bounce back from that. Or maybe, you know, it's kind of quiet for a while. Like after that Knockdown Center gig, I was on such a high. And then it was like melancholy. Like, have you all ever felt that where you play this incredible, like you just, oh, it's so good. And there's, you put so much into it. Like you put your heart into it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then it's like, now what? Mm. Or there's like the come down of like that incredible just rush of performance. And it's like a, it's like a post set melancholy almost. Like, I don't know. I, I, I I definitely felt that for a while. And that was, you know, the biggest thing for a bit. And, you know, I was still playing, you know, consistently like every weekend, but it was smaller and it was quiet. And I was like, that's just what I want to do. And I was like, I don't, when will I ever do something like that again? And, you know, you don't know until it happens. I mean, even this trip coming, like I don't have a return flight back yet. Oh, don't play this if you're, <laughs> this if you're oh, doing immigration. We'll wait till you go back. Yeah, right. I'm leaving and then I'm coming back mm-hmm. and I'm just waiting for one thing to be confirmed and either going to play somewhere else or I'm going to go back to New York. And that's stressful and it was really stressing me out before I came. And at the end of the day, I just had to say, you know what? I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, 
I just and things will work out. Most things most will work out more one than way or another. Things know? end up working out in the end. Yeah, in this creative space, like things pop up last minute, things mm-hmm. change. You have to be flexible and adaptable, and yeah. that can be kind of hard. Uh, not having control over everything, or I've done everything I can, and I just have to mm-hmm. to wait. Sometimes it's you know not everyone's running their business right, but other times like that's just the name of the game. And uh, when you look back, it's like oh. I can't believe I was stressed about that, you know, yeah. but everything in your life prepares you in some way for, for where you are at. And there are things you can draw upon to help you get through a situation, your friends, like your past experiences. And if it's something totally new, I mean, it'll only be new that one time, mm-hmm. you know, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Guys. So I think that's a good, uh, that's a good note to, to end, end on. on. All right. Yeah. We are at one, 47. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, these keep getting longer and longer. These are getting longer and longer. <laughs> Wait, We're going to have to get yeah. a studio just now. Right? Yeah, right? Was there anything else you wanted to ask or talk about before um, we close or wrap up? I feel like we're going to have to do a second, second, second I feel like uh, we might have to do a, a second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like this has been very interesting. Also for me as like a newbie mm-hmm. to DJing, like mm-hmm. I only started a few months ago. Where? And I haven't done any big gigs or anything as yet. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear people who are not who have not like i talk a lot to a lot of djs who've been doing this for 10 years for 15 mm, years and stuff mm-hmm. like this but people who just recently discovered it for themselves and really yep. went for it like that's super inspiring yeah i'm glad and, to um, yeah so and to see you doing that. it too you know like it's uh everyone has to start somewhere mm-hmm. you know um and if you have the vision and it's something you enjoy you can do mm-hmm. it forever yeah. even if it's just for yourself your friends like there's an outlet for it mm. um so props to you for getting into it because at least for me like i was always like oh i don't know how or that's you know it, it didn't become real until it was yeah, yeah. So, until you also made the intentional decision to make it real right yeah i mean i thought about yeah. djing for a long time but i just didn't know how to get into it and then you know it happened at the time it was meant mm-hmm. to um and it was really a mm-hmm. hobby at first or something i, I wanted to do that i enjoyed you know I was yeah, yeah. and when i was in elementary school middle school i played the drums and was always playlisting mm. for friends but yeah. being a dj like yeah, yeah, yeah even when i knew how like the last thing i'll say yeah. i don't know if y'all have experienced this sort of thing where like when you first learn how to dj at least in my mind i was like okay i know how to dj but only at a certain point like years into it even though i played you know gigs and stuff before like did I actually feel like I am a DJ? Mm. And to say that, to verbalize mm-hmm. is really it's wild. It's hard you to know? kind of come out as a DJ. It's yeah. difficult. And I think especially from like, if you come from a really small community mm-hmm. or like a, a country like us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where you are kind of put in a box, which is, you know, just mm-hmm. natural because it's so small. We all know mm-hmm. what schools we went to growing up. We all know like, what girlfriends and boyfriends we all had like mm-hmm. we all know each other's business because it's, it's just so small so you know small, what I mean yeah so then you know who's the whatever the painter the the, mm-hmm. the the lawyer you know who what people you know yeah. who those people are and and when I started making mixes I would only tag uh, I, I would only talk people in Barbados because I had a friend, I had a big like a community of friends in Barbados because I have mm-hmm. family there. So I would go there um, year after year since I was like, well, born. Yeah. Um, and I would only tag my Barbadian friends because I was like, 
I didn't want to like tag trainees because I wasn't ready. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I really and it would also you expect this reaction of oh you feel you're the DJ now you exactly like, that's what I said no okay, not okay. even it was just like because it was it was just so foreign from everything yeah. it was just like because it because mm. it wouldn't be like like who's this guy it would be like that's Kyle like he's like we know who Kyle is you right, know what I mean right and we know it since since when is he a DJ you know mm-hmm. like good or bad they would just be like since when is he a DJ and he's DJing what you know what I mean yeah like you know how many calls I got to come and play like I don't know like regular fat something mm. and I had to be like no 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 this is not a because I was because the like, thing can is, you DJ my wedding yeah because <laughs> I was because I was on the scene like as a promoter and uh-huh. just I think like as a socialite in general I, I was just out and about a lot so people mm-hmm. kind of knew who I was and so to come out as a a DJ playing this like very foreign style of music mm-hmm. was just like it was a lot for me to say out loud you know what I mean totally and then like you, you, you yeah it took a while it took a while like for me to build up my secret following yeah. and to do this like <laughs> secretly for a while and then eventually like quietly announce it quietly change my socials quietly mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean and it took a while for me to eventually be like yeah, this is me. This is what I do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not even to say like, this is what I do. Like, this is the only thing I do mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is who I am at, like at heart. Yeah, you you've integrated I mean? into your like, I feel identity like now. This is, this, is, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you're right. It's only yeah. in the later years that you can comfortably say, yeah, this is mm. Yeah, this especially is when you have an alias too. Like, yeah. I think... I don't know, to the performance or the acting, like some people only know me as Rose Quartz, Mm. you know, some people don't actually know my name is Courtney, Mm. you know, like, oh, hey, what's up, Rose? And that's me also, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but it's been kind of an interesting, like, mind experiment of like, like, I didn't really use my Instagram, for example, in the way that I do now or Twitter, you know, so like, if you're following me, like, do you have any idea who I am besides like... You know, me just sharing, like, the mm-hmm. promo stuff. Because, like, Instagram, I, I literally would post, like, eight things a year, you know, before. And now it's like, oh, I've got mm. to put now it's your brand. Yeah, and it's a tool. And, you you know, it's helpful to, to think about game. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then, you know, the, the, post a selfie first yeah. so people actually see your flyer, all that kind of stuff. It's well, it's very odd, thing. but... I assume who, you have to share your face with people. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But, like, who am I uh, as a person? Um this is a question I like to still think about. Like, who am I as an artist? But also, there's more to me than Mm -hmm. just my art. And it's important to bring that in. But to also say, yes, I am an artist. I am a DJ, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's been a new thing that I've kind of been getting used to. So it's kind of a fun thing to to build up over time. But I think it's important to circle back and take a step back and appreciate, like, all the things, you know, that make you who you are in addition Mm. to, you know, your art. The same with work. I don't want it to be work all the time. Uh, Then it won't be as fun. You know, and sometimes you got to take a break from it and step back. I'll quote Ashley Ren again. She was like, you know, sometimes you get in a funk or sometimes it's like, I haven't really been, you know, DJing every day. You know, I was like, I got to take a break or, you know, I don't practice as much for like a month or two, you know, Mm. it's like whatever you need the older you get, hopefully the more in touch you are with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. I'd like to think that. that yeah, we all, we're all so. just normalizing yeah. to like who we are. Yeah. I'd like to exactly. think that. Exactly. But I think it's just one uh not one, but like a uh yeah, like one conscious decision 
after the other in 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 a particular direction mm. yeah you know yeah. that's why i think you it is well it's too. also more like one step closer to yourself yeah yeah exactly. and then exactly. it's, it's it's as you get older at least that's how it's felt for me you know mm-hmm. like you start off doing everything and then you narrow it down but not not even mm-hmm. in terms of like art but in terms of people too i feel like yeah. you just get older yeah and, and in terms of everything your values yeah. your, totally. your personality traits you, you, know, you make totally. decisions that i think that i i would have never made when i was like 22 or something yeah. like mm-hmm. i feel like i would have definitely held on to certain uh our relationships with with people yeah mm-hmm. um like just for the sake of or not just having the because you feel like you have to you feel like you have right, to or you no, just yeah. don't know you know, you right. don't know why you just you just do it and then you, you're at a place now where you're just like i mean it's not that I, this person is anything like crazy right. or right mm-hmm. or wrong or right. you know it's just that's just not for me it's not you know? for me yeah exactly and i feel like you you because when you're a teenager you're just trying to fit in you're trying to do the same thing that everyone else is mm-hmm. you know and then you you graduate to finding out like who you are and right. then i feel like the older you get you just you then start that de- like crossing things off at least yeah. for me it's been like saying yeah this is definitely not for yeah. me you yeah know? and yeah. finally there's just a long away. process yeah, of yeah. Is, it isn't really figuring out who am i it's just a long process of figuring out who am i not <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everything that's uh, yeah. left is kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. cool yeah. yeah, and then it, it all kind of mixes together to form yeah. who you are because right. yeah, could, are you ever gonna find out exactly who you are? So maybe you're right. Maybe it's just yeah, it doesn't finding end. out who you're not. Just yeah, a yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and why I don't want this or that. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm living a different life than I might have imagined for myself when mm. I was growing up. I don't own a home. Yeah. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Yeah. Like I don't have debt, which is great because I mm-hmm. didn't go to grad school, but I don't have an you know. A second degree, which I always thought I would, you know, and at the same time, I'm happy with my life. Mm -hmm. I'm living well. And some of those things will come in the future or some of them like maybe not, you know, but it will be my choice. Yeah, yeah. And not that pressure and some Mm -hmm. things like you don't actually need. I mean, not to end on a bad note, but like housing market is crazy in the u.s and i'm definitely not i don't have a million dollars i'm not buying buying in new york like no it's impossible it's nuts it's impossible it's ridiculous yeah Yeah. but you know you can still live well outside of whatever you know ideas you might have had or other people have for you you Mm -hmm. just have to trust yourself and, and to do it and you know hopefully you can i mean i feel very like lucky to be able to do what I love and I'm having a lot of fun like Berlin's very fun I'm mm-hmm. having a really Berlin really good so time here yeah <laughs> it's fun I've t- almost too much fun but people are like hey get out of bed at six enjoy o'clock. that's the Berlin way I'm like yeah. okay cool you know <laughs> you start your day kind of late maybe six is a bit extreme but yeah. you know it's Berlin okay so is. I just want to say thank you both for having me on your podcast it's been really fun chatting with this both of so you good. yeah and yeah. the conversation won't end here but maybe for recording sake yeah <laughs> for your listeners yeah. yeah no it was so I'll good thank you here. so much yeah. for yeah. coming absolutely thank you for being so open with us definitely yeah. absolute it's, pleasure yeah pleasant surprise yeah I'm like keep doing this you know like that's the important thing to share mm. people's stories. You yeah. Know, you yeah. you hear someone say something, you're like, wow, like I really connect with that. Or, mm. whoa, I didn't think that that's some way to do it. Or, cool, I didn't know that that's where these things come from. Mm-hmm. But I love seeing how people bring themselves into their art. So yeah. it's been lovely getting to know you too nice. as well. Yeah. So to close, you should play your oh, yes. first record. Okay, the first Grand. vinyl I ever bought. Yeah, I, I will pull that. <laughs> it's a goodie. I still like to play this one. There are some other tracks on here that are my that really got me into this um, record, but I'll play one for you that... You play whatever. 
It got me through. uh, Okay, cool. It got me through some. I love it. (laughs) That's all I'll say about it. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Do you want to introduce a track or? This track is called Circumambient. Circumambient. C-I-R-C-U-M-A-M-B-I-E-N-T by Grimes off of the Vision album, which came out in 2012. Oh, baby, love. 